like trying to solve a housing crisis. Hey, inspiration is contagious. Peace. Thank you. And uh, think big, go tiny. Here's a little more music from Joy Rosenberg as we go into the Common Thread Collective, which is a community open mic. And you're welcome to come down here and make some connections as well. So thanks so much for being my guest uh, here today, Renee McLaughlin and Amy Farrah Weiss. Peace.
Hello and welcome to the Common Thread Collective. I'm Global Val. I'm sitting here with Diamond Dave and our guests, our friends, Renee McLaughlin, the event coordinator for the event organizer for Tiny Fest, uh, which is happening in the South Bay in June 15th to 17th, and Amy Farrah Weiss, candidate for mayor of San Francisco. And we're talking about creative housing solutions. It is how it is a what's the week it is, Renee? Affordable Housing Week. It's Affordable Housing Week. So we're right on the pulse of things uh, whether or not we knew it or not so um, thank you for both for all everyone for being here happy Friday great to be here thank you well this week has been uh, been a, a gathering of people who go back to the housing movement uh, the, the housing movement going back for the past 30 years the affordable housing movement and dealing with the government and so on if you connect with them people like Calvin Welch and people like that they've been having uh, a gathering every day this week. I just want to get heard about that, though. Sounds like it's news to you. Is that right? Yeah, that is news to me. The uh, the Affordable Housing Week programs that I know of are starting uh, oddly starting on a Friday for a Affordable Housing Week and, and go on throughout the weekend and next week. So maybe they thought it was so important they had to extend it a little bit. We got a head start here in yeah. San Francisco, <laughs> as we often do. Uh, well, I think we're speaking of the same thing. I may be a week uh, week off. Well, indeed, you're here. You connect with these folks, and you're here to talk about to talk about your own events, which is coming up in June. Is that right? I do. Yes, I have a tiny house festival coming up in San Jose okay. at the Santa Clara County Santa Fairgrounds. Fair. Right, and uh, it's Tiny Fest California. There are people coming. Um, we have a lot of people coming down from the coming up from the LA area and uh, down oh. from Northern California. It's definitely a, a statewide um, event and collaboration. And they're going to be getting. I, I have this. I suddenly have this vision. Uh, cars pulling up behind them they have trailers on which are tiny houses there's going to be a lot of tiny houses there i assume there will be tiny houses there we have quite a few people that have registered to bring their own houses That's and businesses that are that are coming to bring their um their models for um tiny houses on wheels and adu options that that would be approved here in the state of California. Um, ADU, what is that? That's an accessory dwelling unit. Accessory dwelling unit. Well, you heard that? ADU. That's yeah. We know that. You've heard that? Accessory I, dwelling I have. unit. Yeah. So well, some, think about it like you'd, you know, you'd put it in your backyard or something or uh, attach it to wheels. your house. Or, Accessorize that house. Ex- yeah. yeah. <laughs> Add to house. it with a <laughs> really wheels. cute little tiny house. On wheels. I always wanted to do that as a kid. I had this dream that I was going to build a brick house in my backyard, but no one would ever buy me any bricks. So hmm. that, that didn't happen. But now, we'll maybe throw a few bricks together and get a tiny home sometime. Well, I think it's being so light. I just had another vision of it being so light, it would be on a little trailer and you could pull it on a bicycle, and you'd come up on your bike, on your bike, uh, you'd, uh, on your bike. There are your, versions of that. The, I've yeah, seen there it must too. be. Mm-hmm. It, nothing else. Nothing's <laughs> new. Everything's under the sun. They say it's in the Old Testament. Anyway, but but this sounds amazing and delightful and good times. And you're you're going about the state and the country. This is going to be both statewide and countrywide. This tiny road. Yes, it's part of Tiny Houses Across America, which will have three festivals happening the same weekend, one on the East Coast, one in the Midwest, and one on the West Coast. And, and you're employed as an organizer of the Tiny House the tiny house is what you do. That is what I do, yes. People often ask me um, what, I, what I do for a living, and 
since I host Tiny House Festivals, it leaves a lot of uh, creativity in my schedule and my future plans that I can I can create my life the way that I want to live it. And do you have a tiny house somewhere out of which you, of course you do, where is it? <laughs> well, my tiny house is um, empty right now because I'm not allowed to live in it here in the, the Bay Area. So um, I'm not exactly homeless though. I do have a family that has kind of taken me in. I'm, I'm living in their former nanny quarters down in the South Bay but my tiny house is over in Alameda. Okay, so you are around this bay. I am up and down all the time. Well, see, well, this is most interesting. Amy, what do you, what, uh, how, how can you guys connect with one another? You're running for mayor, but, but a homeless, uh, homelessness is definitely one of your, one of the, one of your big interests, part of your platform, and how, how can you two connect in front of us as we sit here at this very moment? Well, uh, one thing that you'll be happy to hear is that in San Francisco, I've gotten all the other mayoral candidates on board with a new type of program to invest in the financing and construction of uh, ADUs in San Francisco. But it's a little different than what you're describing because in San Francisco, the planning department did an assessment of all the parcels and found that there are 37,000 parcels that can have an additional dwelling unit built into the building envelope. And what's good about that is that we get more build for our buck with affordable housing. Do you like that? I came up with that. More build for our buck. So uh, $200,000 is usually around the cost of adding one of these additional units, whereas in new developments that are uh, multi-unit, it can be, you know, usually around five hundred to seven hundred thousand dollars, and so I proposed this when I ran against Ed Lee back in 2015, and now all the other candidates are talking about it, which I chalk up as a victory for the people because it doesn't matter who implements the idea, right? It matters that we put forward these good ideas, and on that note. That's why I hope whoever becomes mayor, if it's not me, but definitely include me in your one, two, three for equity on June 5th when you vote for mayor. But even if it's not me or if you have another candidate that's your favorite candidate, let them know that you expect that the city of San Francisco transitions 3,000 people at least out of crisis conditions over the next year. And one of the ways we can do that is with these uh, tiny shelters that we're building and the city just has to get on board with us and I'm advocating for a summer of love and logic where we build these shelters we create safe organized spaces we partner together to be part of the solution and that's what we're talking about is we have to have a variety of options for people to live in different types of homes right now because we do have a housing crisis and an affordability crisis. Well, Amy, that's wonderful. And Amy, you've been appearing uh, on, on this side of the, of the table with uh, with all the other candidates on a regular basis. As uh, that's one way that San Francisco runs its campaigns. So let me say this: they're getting to know you. They're beginning to see that this woman, Amy Weiss, has a, a fantastic imagination. It's coming up with great things. If I'm elected mayor, I'm going to invite Amy Weiss to take a role in my mayorship. Is that right? I love that idea. Well, I believe it's going to come. They say, wait a minute. Outcomes over egos, policies over politics. Let's work together to get this done. That's really important. All right. And people can check check out more of your work and your campaign at Weiss for Mayor. 
dot com w e i s s correct weissformayor.com check it out thank you amy farrah so good to see you guys well thank you you know you're always welcome here at mutiny radio renee mclaughlin thank, thank you, you so, so much. much and we want tinyfestcalifornia.com check it out and as we get closer to the festival please come by and let us know what's happening bring people with you Perfect. bring people with you we have space oh that's true yes there is yeah if you if you meet some folks at tiny fest who are cruising around the country let them know that we're here on a friday afternoon the cruise on through and uh you see we've got a bunch of cool folks who've shown up so thank you both so much for being my guests on women's magazine today before as you're going out i want to say i had another vision tiny houseboats that we're here on the bay. Let's have some tiny done houseboats, people. Been Put there, done there. that. <laughs> here we are in our tiny studio here, Diamond Dave, uh, with our with our wonderful, charming, fun, inspirational guests all around us. I see poets, um, I see music. Yeah. I see Ryan, who's our uh, who's uh, who's uh, another one running against. Uh, Running for the Congress. Running for Congress running against for Congress. Um, Nancy, Pelosi. Nancy Pelosi here in District 12 of San Francisco. So Ryan Kajaste is coming Kajaste. in. Is coming in to, as we speak, to speak with us here on the Common Thread Collective. So thank you for coming down today, Ryan. Yeah, right there is fine. Oh, welcome. Hi, uh, thanks for having me. I'm, I'm excited to be here and, and speak it. more about our vision for the future. So you are running for Congress. You're running for Congress in San Francisco for the House of Representatives against uh, Nancy Pelosi, yes. who's like a 30-year incumbent. Um, uh, so tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, how did you get involved in politics, and what made you want to run right this year? Yeah, well, thank you for that question, and thank you, everybody, oh, for tuning in. Uh, my name is Ryan Kojaste. I'm born and raised here in the San Francisco Bay Area, and uh, I've seen this area change so much. And I think the reason why I've always been politically engaged from a young age was because of my parents' background. They fled the revolution of Iran in 1979, and they came to this country for the reason of its founding. You know, an opportunity to build a better life for yourself, to live a free life, to be able to plant roots here in the land of the free and be able to have uh, a, a family where they could be more successful than you were. And I just remember from that young age understanding that Unlike my neighbors, unlike my classmates in kindergarten, I wouldn't ever get to know the rest of my family because they Mm. were stuck in a different country. And that was the result of failed immigration policies and failed foreign policies. So then I just began an interest in understanding about government, why things are the way they are, why we have this thing called borders, why families have to be split apart. And then when I was going through school, you know, during 9-11, I was that, that Middle Eastern kid where even though I lived in the Silicon Valley and it has this amazing breadth of diversity, there were still a lot of problems. And I think being that outsider in a way or framed that way as a young kid mm. really helped understand my identity and the, the work we need to do to make sure that everyone has equitable opportunities and you know, everyone's treated the same. And then seeing Barack Obama go up to run for president and his 2004 speech resonated with me deeply because he called himself a skinny kid with a funny name and America has a place for me too. And I wanted to build on that, especially being that kid who was subject to discriminatory remarks going, growing up. 
So I helped volunteer for his campaign in high school for 2008, 2012. Then I went on a college and I interned for a member of Congress. I was really involved in my school and trying to get more people civically engaged. I went straight to law school where that was the height of the 2016 election. Oh. And I wanted to do my part to uphold the rights of our immigrant brothers and sisters. And I was fortunate enough to be appointed by the San Francisco Board of Supervisors to the Immigrant Rights Commission a month after Donald Trump was elected president. The first thing I did was I learned this system on my own, how to get involved. You don't have to come from connections or privilege or know people. So I went to the San Francisco Young Democrats and I said, look, I was able to get appointed to a commission. It wasn't that tedious. I want to teach others to do the same because we need more young people in government. So then they appointed me as the co-chair of leadership development. And the first workshop that we held in a Trump era was teaching other people how to get involved and get appointed to city commissions, committees, and task forces. And that was great. So many people showed up. What commission are you on? I'm on the Immigrant Rights Commission for the city and county of San Francisco. Francisco. Yes. And we do a lot of work with the Office of Civic Engagement and Immigrant Affairs, mobilizing and organizing workshops for citizenship, you know, emergency workshops for when DACA was rescinded, TPS, uh, when, we, when we had those issues. And one of the great things we were able to do when Trump rescinded DACA is we worked with the mayor's office to provide free renewals for DACA for every person eligible in the city. Wow. And you have, it just happened to be in the bluest city, in the bluest state, uh, with with the reddest president in the history of the uh, the history, I'm talking about Trump. Uh-huh. And so so you're emerging from the bluest city in the bluest bluest state. Am I right so far? Mm, that's right. And uh, as an immigrant, at a time when we just saw that another whole batch of immigrants who came in after the great storm in Honduras, uh-huh. now are bad. We're getting uh, going to get the the, the rug pulled from under them. So we have virtually thousands. You're coming upon. You're in mm-hmm. this race. At a time when thousands of our fellow human beings are facing possibly deportation, mm-hmm. and it seems like the, like from from, from the kind of hard nose immigration to uh, immigrant uh, Department of Immigration, which, what, Department of Immigration, the people involved, uh, the the people involved with immigration, with deportation, are all a very hard nose and a very hard nosed president. We better remember that we are the bluest, the bluest uh, city and the bluest state. And, and uh, we welcome the undocumented and the, uh, mm-hmm. uh, the undocumented documented. We don't uh, really, I don't really care for their fellow human beings to me. Mm-hmm. And I think that was your, your, one of your roles on this commission was it not to put forth something like that. Exactly. What we do a lot of work organizing around is upholding our sanctuary city status and providing community resources and support networks for our undocumented community and documented community. What One of the things that we were able to help uh, boost the effort for is to make San Francisco the third county in the country to have a taxpayer-funded deportation defense unit from the Public Defender's Office. Then I had the privilege of interning there last semester in law school. And one of the, the tragedies that I learned was, for example, if you come to this border and your family was massacred and you ask for asylum, while you wait for a reasonable fear interview, you are behind bars. Is that the welcome that we want to the United States of America when this country was founded by, quote unquote, illegal immigrants? And it's something that- I'm a lonely land. And my family right now as well is impacted by Trump's travel ban. 
That's why I think it's important that for this city and its diversity and the fact that 60% demographically come from an immigrant background, we should have someone representing the city who understands that voice, who's had their family torn apart because of failed immigration policies. Mm. We need not only to have sanctuary city status, we need to have a country that is a sanctuary and provide comprehensive immigration reform that grants status to all 11 million and a pat earned pathway to citizenship. Well, call me in, and I'm going to say that, but I want to ask you what occurs to me now is being on the commission, I should have my, uh, being on the commission, uh, being able to get around as a young fellow, uh, uh, moving a lot faster than I can at 80, you're able to meet a lot of people in these situations. Mm-hmm. You're able to be, begin to build and get out of, uh, come out of this, I hope, a campaign of people who say, we knew him, we knew that young fellow. How old are you, by the way? I am 24 years old. 24, that young fellow. <laughs> we know that young fellow. He worked with us for the commission. He's down in the trenches with us. He's around with us. He visited, and that sounds like a pretty good start for a, for a political campaign. Am I right? Well, yes, I, I think uh, the... W- being able to be a part of the commission and the San Francisco Young Democrats have allowed me an opportunity to really engage with a lot of people in San Francisco to understand, you know, what keeps them up at night, what are a lot of the problems that have gone unresolved by our government, and frankly, the fact that a lot of people don't trust our government on the federal level, and that's why there is a need for more diversity in government. There's a need for a, a, a new generation to take charge. We have to pass on the torch. At the end of the day, we're not talking about the future. And right now, we, we are living in a nightmare. We have Donald Trump as the president of the United States. We have a red-controlled House and Senate. At the end of the day, we got to look back and say, look, the Democratic establishment did fail us. Yep. They, they, they allowed for this reality to come to fruition. So instead of following the same tactics that didn't work for us in the first place, let's shift gears a little bit. Let's allow for new individuals who are regular people who have faced everyday struggles to go up to be elected to government to understand how we can remedy these problems because we lived it. We'll be passionate. We don't have to make compromises. We can go up there with bold leadership and say, look, I will fight tooth and nail till we have this fixed. And that's kind of that, that. That's what we're about. It's it's this campaign is more than myself. It's not about me as a person. Well, I hope it's more than yourself. Of, of course, you're going we, to get nowhere, but we we want to represent campaign based uh-huh. on your commission, based on the people you meet, based on other immigrants who are who are coming through here, here in the bluest, um, the, the bluest of the blue, San Francisco in the bluest state. Uh, we have uh, we have we have uh, Nancy Nancy who's uh, she who's another, another who at this very moment is the what is she the chair the chair of the of the minority the minority leader of the minority Democratic leader Party in the House. and she's what seventy nine years old yes but I don't think age doesn't matter no, I well, have... I'm eighty years old <laughs> yeah. so on her age I'm yeah. looking down but, but what does matter is that uh, that uh, that uh, hopefully you can gather with you and around you and about you a group of people. Uh, here in the progressive wing of the Democratic Party, we have the Bernie Kratz, we have all these different folks. With, uh, I'm, a, I'm a Democratic Socialist myself, so I'm out here. We can get together and make something happen is what I want to say to you. Yeah, definitely. Our campaign, and myself included, has deep respect.
respect for Minority Leader Pelosi and all the work and her decades of service to the American people. But at the end of the day, we do have to talk about the future and we do have to fight for policies that impact so many of us without being beholden to these corporations and these special interests. That's why it's so important and I'm so grateful to have a team of all young people from different backgrounds who all in their own ways have been affected by certain policies that haven't been able to be resolved at the federal level, which is why we're working around the clock every day to expand the progressive base. Unfortunately, in this city, many individuals in our progressive circles are majority homogenous. We need younger people. We need the immigrant voice. Homogenous, as in there's not much diversity. We need more immigrants. We we need more young people, people of color. And that's the only way to build a movement is building these diverse coalition of individuals and allow everyone to believe that they can be part of change. Our voices are stronger together. Right now, we have this, this divide, very, very stark divide, the moderates and the progressives. But what we need to do is come together and show, look, we need, we need to change at the federal level. We need to transcend this divide and talk about getting regular people to office who understand the issues. And yes, my platform is as progressive as it can be because I believe that that is the future. But we can't divide ourselves. The only way to be strong is to come together and say, look, how can we work together to make sure that we can have a Congress that doesn't have a 13% approval rating, that can actually get legislation moved forward, and we can make sure that our communities are not under attack under a Trump presidency. Doing more together than any of us can do on our own. Exactly. Why settle for less? And having the representation of, of people, as you said, like of your generation, of our generation of, of now, who have grown up in, um, in this country, while the establishment has of, of you know, Nancy Pelosi has been a great public servant mm-hmm. for many, many years. Um, but moving forward to, to, to incorporate more people and people who have had such a different kind of experience, especially, I mean, you were saying growing up here, uh, being a middle school kid after nine 11, uh, coming from, uh, Iran, well, you were born here, but you're, you're Iranian heritage and people just misunderstanding, you uh, and and forming these opinions based on mainstream media, um, growing up under the Patriot Act, uh, and experiencing um, you know life now in this very bizarre world where Donald Trump is president, mm-hmm. um, and uh, you know I think that we even saw it in in the 2016 election with Bernie Sanders, people Mm -hmm. coming up and saying, yes, we want to disrupt or we want to shake up uh, this two-party system. Now, it Mm -hmm. it fell on the other side of the tracks and we got Donald Trump as president Mm -hmm. um, because certainly Hillary Clinton was an establishment candidate. So what we're seeing and what I'm seeing in many, many ways is that this shift is happening and you're part of that shift. And that's, um, you know, where we actually have people who, uh, you know, want to bring their own life experience to these positions to negotiate and to, to make changes instead of the same, uh, you know, campaign financed lobbyist Mm -hmm. compromises that we see as the status quo in Washington, Mm DC and locally. 
Exactly, and that's why I think that our campaign has gained so much momentum and traction because at the end of the day, we're hoping to speak truth to power given our life experiences. I'm someone who comes from a family of modest circumstances. My parents have lost their healthcare coverage before, which is why it shaped my perspective on fighting for a single-payer healthcare system. When I'm about to graduate law school and I have $150,000 in student loans at a predatory interest rate that will take me my whole life to pay off, Oh yeah, which is why it I shaped see. my perspective on fighting for free two-year and four-year higher education and the fact of the matter is and it it has really hurt my family and it's shaped my life a lot was the fact that I lost my cousin to gun violence in the 90s Mm. and how we have not been able to come together for common sense gun reform at the end of the day we have these fancy talking points and it's just rhetoric in Washington where are the solutions where is the grit and the determination and the passion we're trying to be pragmatic but we have to be passionate and I think that that's what's so great about 2018 is we have all these candidates who normally wouldn't have run for office saying look if we don't do something the status quo will continue to control this country and we're not going to get anything done. And that's why we've been knocking on doors every single day because at the end of the day, the best way to get the message across and allow people to believe in change is to talk to them at their doorstep or at the transit hubs to say, look, I'm here because I need your support because together we can do something incredible. And if we get second place in this primary, we'll be the youngest campaign in American history to ever challenge a sitting member of Congress at 24 years old. And I think right now with the students around this country rising up for change, what more appropriate time to say, look, if we can do it, if we can rise from obscurity with our own little team and shake things up, everybody can do it too. And that's why we have this video series called How to Run for Office, where we release an episode every week, because I had to learn the election law. I had to learn how to file with the FEC and the IRS and navigate this political world. And I want to be able to give that back to everybody else. Because if I'm elected and I'm just elected, I can't do anything on my own. It's so important to build a movement where people can believe that they too, no matter what their background is, they can run for office and they can have a chance to represent their own communities. And that's why it's a movement that we're building. This is so much more powerful than just one candidate saying, I am better than Nancy Pelosi. Because to be honest, nobody is better than Nancy Pelosi in terms of actual legislative experience. What we're trying to say is, look, even if we lose this campaign, it is so important to get that second place to be able to speak truth to power and to have a debate on the issues. For 31 years, the leader of the Democratic Party has not had a debate. Mm. And the beautiful thing is I live right across the street from her apartment. I can (laughs) camp out there every single day in the general election and say, look, it is time for a debate. And if we can help push her to the left, it benefits the American people. And if I lose, and I have said this to her staff before, on November 7th, I will walk across the street to her office and fill out an application to work in her office. Because A, I need a job to pay off my student loans. That's right. And B, I want to help be part of something greater to unify the party and fight for the policies that we need. And you'll be a young lawyer too. Well, have you met her? Have you had a chance to talk to her? Does she know you? I think I think what I would say, that that slogan, that I came out from all your words, your great flow of words, uh, pra- uh, p- passionate and pragmatic would be a perfect slogan to run on. If you put that pra- passionate and pragmatic, I can see it right there on your eyes. Say, that's it. That's what we're about. As far as building a movement, you came to the right place. That we we aim to be a voice of that movement uh-huh. which is emerging, which is both which is both conventional and and, and unconventional. Mm-hmm. Which is what I say. I'm, I've been a long time student at City College. Mm-hmm. So what I say is, at City, City College, in the city, on the planet, and in the street. 
That's where you'll find me. Mm-hmm. And that's what we're doing here. And so, Brian, take my hand. Welcome aboard. <laughs> Whatever happens with you, I want to welcome you. We're, we're called the Common Thread Collective. And that comes out these four lines that came to me. Uh, the Spirit speaks to me. I'm a Sufi uh-huh. coming out of the Persian uh, the, the Persian, I'm a Sufi like, uh, like Rumi and Hafiz. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and uh, what, uh, what uh, uh, because of the spirit, is that we're about, we're about building a movement. Where was I? But anyway, so welcome aboard. Hopefully we won't be bored. And to be a voice of what's emerging. But well, that's city. I say it's city college. In the city, on the planet, and in the street. Mm-hmm. That's what it'll be. So I'm looking to you. I'm going to watch for you. I'm going to invite you right now to come and join us and sit, sit with us. Uh, we're, we're the Common Thread Collective is the name of this show. And that's what these four lines that came to me, just like things come to you. Mm-hmm. I can see why. <laughs> I think you're kind of assuming too. And these words are this. Cast a wide net. This will work in your campaign. Think of what I've said. Mm-hmm. Work a cast a wide net. Find the common thread. Let life flourish. And then look at me. Don't panic. I just keep it organic. Mm-hmm. So that's what we do. And this be the common thread collective. So Val, tell, talk to him. Well, talk yeah, to our brother Ryan. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So um, going back to a little bit what we were talking about before about how you know you've got the willingness to go and just be a part of it. Not that it has to be about you, the candidate. Um, although you bring with you a, a team of eloquence. people and, and the eloquence, uh, but also the willingness to step in and, and work collaboratively with Nancy Pelosi, should she get reelected mm-hmm. as well. Um, but I, but I, I, I like what you were saying earlier because um, that change is possible. Systemic change is possible. And a lot of people do kind of throw their hands up and think, well, I'm not, nothing can happen. The status quo is the powers that be the they, you know, I don't have any personal power. Nothing ever changes. Donald Trump is president for crying out loud. Like, give me a break. Like anything like this is going to work. So there's a lot of folks who are, you know, kind of bouncing off of this idea that democracy can work uh, because they're looking at it and thinking it's a pretty ugly scene. But I appreciate what you're doing because you're, you're willing to get in there and try to work within the system and to change it Mm -hmm. because we do, I mean, we don't want chaos. Um, You know, uh, there's a lot of, uh, you know, anarchist, uh, you know, tendencies hovering around here. We're certainly, you know, a freedom-based kind of society here in San Francisco, especially. Um, but the fact that there is a possibility to um, put a young person in Congress, uh, bring new voices into, into uh, the workings of our government. And, and, and I think we are see, going to see a big change. And uh, I'm glad you're a part of it. So tell folks um, how they can get more information about you and your campaign. Our website is kojasteforcongress.com. I have a long last name. It's hard to spell, but it's K-H-O-J-A-S-T-E-H for congress.com. We have uh, all our, our probably the most comprehensive policy platform in this race with 26 issues and actually a problem solution set out and since we're all students we cited our sources because you can never turn a paper without citing in your sources so the same should be true of a policy platform excellent we have all our our press coverage actually today the SF Weekly just wrote about us so that makes every single major publication in San Francisco who picked up our story the Chronicle the Examiner the Bay Area Reporter SF Weekly and then we have a list of all our endorsements you can 
meet our team. You can request a window sign. You can fill, fill out a form of volunteer. We're out there every single day. We just finished up four precincts before I came here, which is amazing, which brings it to a grand total of 61 precincts that we have knocked on doors, not including every morning being out at a different transit hub, whether it's the yeah. BART station or the Muni stops. And I did this all while finishing up a law degree. So what I have to say is it can be done. And I want people to believe that no matter what your circumstances, if you can build an incredible team who believes in a vision, anything is possible. And I don't want anyone to think that if I didn't come from this wealth or this privilege or this connection, I can't run for office because you can. And that's what we're hoping to do. We need real people in government. And right now, we don't have many real people in our government. And that's why things are so screwed up. His passion. His, his passion is infectious, Ryan. Let me ask you, do you have a, do you have a headquarters? Do you have a place yes, we actually, you tell us? Yes, so on two, 211 Hugo Street, which is in the mm-hmm. inner sunset right off Irving and 3rd, we have our field operation where we meet every day. We, we figure out which areas we're going to hit. We do some phone banking. We, we, we meet with the community. It's amazing. We're so lucky to have that space, and we'll be operating out of there till June 5th. We opened it in February. And it's been great to be able to actually have people from the neighborhood come on by and talk to us. And that's what... Whatever it is. A place for people to come and hang out. People there. My words, if you got any questions, here's some line you can do. If you have any questions, I might have some answers. If you have any answers, I might have some questions. Exactly. Uh, Anyway... Anyway, I, what do you think I, of this young fellow? Uh, what do you think of this young fellow, Val? I'm, 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 I'm really kind of jazzed up because uh, I, I'm, you know, inspiration is kind of what we, you know, what we, what we look for here is kind of, kind of what I feed on around here for sure, um, and uh, I, it's a hefty dose right this Friday with Ryan Kojaste. Um, I want to ask, I don't want to ask one more question. So oh, you said ahead. that you made a video series of how to run for office. How mm-hmm. can people ch- uh, check that out? Good yes. So it's on our, you can go to our website and we have a tab called how to run for office under get involved. And also on our Facebook page, uh, we have all the videos as well. So every Thursday we release a new video and uh, we just released yesterday how to get endorsements to uh, next week is how to get on the ballot. And then the week after that will be how to develop a field strategy. We have an amazing field strategy. We don't want to give that up to our opponents just yet. So when it's too late, then we'll release it for everybody. And then we're hoping in the general election when we get about 160 some days more to campaign, we'll be able to release even more videos. Um, We're really hoping that we can have people use this as an actual blueprint for the future because looking at these forms and the all the the legal language is intimidating but at the end of the day if you can see it in an easy to comprehend video format it makes the process less mysterious and less intimidating and that's what we're really trying and how do you make these videos and videos speak. do you have a camera person you can... yeah so we have uh tell us, tell so us the mechanics my friend from kindergarten okay. anoop he is our oh, creative director for our campaign and then we have a deputy creative director kennedy who's a student San Francisco State and every week uh, we come together as a team with our broader team we talk about what uh, idea we want for this coming week for this episode we build a script based on my experience and then we film it in our office what was he they're on Hugo Street. Hugo Street, yes. They're on Hugo Street. There you be, as you see. Well, this is, look, what I want to say to you, and I think Val will say what she has to say, too, that you're always welcome here. We're talking about building a movement. We talk about the same thing, a movement from the bottom, here from the bottom up. Mm-hmm. Is what I, here at the yeah. bottom, looking up. Yeah. And so get, take my hand, brother. Here at the bottom, looking up, here we be. We're on every Friday from 3 to 6. 
So uh, however it fits into whatever we're doing, uh, before and after June, please stay in touch. Whatever ideas, whatever you'd like to do, you're welcome. Thank you, and thank you so much for having me. Make sure that you all go out and vote. City Hall, you can vote right now, and also the two weekends before Election Day. Vote by mail. Ballots are out. And June 5th is Election Day. Whether, regardless if you support us or you support Minority Leader Pelosi, please go out and vote. Many it's so others. important that all voices are heard. There's a lot of folks around. Well, as a Suvi, I want to give you, because I know Bell hears me doing so. Oh, no, not again. But just before I turned 80 years old, Oh, being an old dude. I'm an old dude now. I'm thinking my face all wrinkled up. I look how I walk with a cane. Then here's the spirit speaks to me like she does since I've become, since I've embraced uh, Rumi and Hafiz and that, that spirit, uh, that spirit. I'm, I'm born a Jew and I'm a Sufi, so I call myself a Jufi. And here are the words that came to me just before I uh, turned 80 when I'm thinking, oh, an old man, it's all over and so on. So if you wanted the only three lines, repeat after me. This is a good way to wind this up. I think I, I know you won't forget this. And here are the three lines. Repeat after me if you will. Mm. Learn to love. Learn to love. Love to learn. Love to learn. This never ends. This never ends. Never ends. I will. Thank you. Because that's the first thing. It's all about love when we think about it. Exactly. That's why my pin is actually an American flag in a heart. Perfect. Because we have to love more in this country. Okay, mine would be in a, in a world flag and a heart because uh, they take down the walls, open the doors, get rid of the borders too. Families, bands, tribes, communities, collectives, I believe in that. But borders, just a line on their map. So I'm, I'm, I'm coming from the anarchist perspective, from the, the, not, the, not the throwing, breaking windows of the anarchist perspective, but the anarchist perspective. At perspective, here we are at the bottom looking up. Let's get together and find one another. And uh, after your campaign, if you want to continue, uh, after whatever happens after your campaign, whatever happens, if you want to think about maybe organizing as a collective, when the collectives that might be a good thing to do. Yeah, definitely. I think I'm down that path in life to keep organizing, and I'm only 24 years old, so there's a lot of shaking things up that I, I have the privilege of doing in the, in the years to come. And I say Excellent. we're all in this together. Definitely. All Park right. <laughs> That's true. This is a free speech radio sta- station here. MutinyRadio.fm. We broadcast every Friday from the Mission District of San Francisco at the corner of 21st in Florida. This is a live show, but it also becomes a podcast on our website, MutinyRadio.fm. And the date is, uh, so you just go to podcast, find Common Thread Collective. And today is May 11th, 2018. Um, we're also available as a free podcast on iTunes. And um, yeah, Ryan Kojaste, thank you so much for being here. You're welcome back anytime. Go check out his website, kojasteforcongress.com. That's K-H-O-J-A-S-T-E-H. Uh, you can find it also on Facebook as well. And connect, tune in, register to vote. Uh, you can, reg- California register to vote, uh, I think you need to do it by uh, May 21st. But actually, this is, I, I heard, according to the League of Pissed Off Voters guide that I that I tapped into the other week, um, that this is the first time in California where you can actually register and vote on on election day as long as you go to the central election office in city your hall. city so here in city hall if you have forgotten oh. failed to or otherwise uh you know neglected your voter registration you uh, if you don't do it by may 21st you can actually walk in 
on election day to the basement uh, elections office at city hall and vote. So, um, and don't be disenfranchised. If you were a felon and you want to vote, as long as you're not on parole, you may do so. Um, get in there, register, um, and get inspired. So, Marijuana is not now legal. Hey, you marijuana felons, you can vote. <laughs> if Hell you're yeah. off parole. And it's going to be a long line there. I believe uh, it's going to be quite a line there at City Hall. I like to vote at City Hall. See, I do too. So go, go and prepare to socialize. Maybe some of our musicians. we got poets in the back. There's the singer-songwriter. While people are waiting to vote, oh, I forgot to register. I'm going down to City Hall. We can say, help supply some music. Some poetry, some uh, an open mic with a little, uh, a little, a little sound system, and as they're waiting, well, they might not like that. Yeah, I don't know about that. I but. don't know. That sounds like one of those ideas that come out that, that you have to look at pretty more carefully. But anyway, <laughs> but they just steam out of my head. I'm sorry, Bill. <laughs> <laughs> oh no <laughs> I'm appreciating your self-filtering system that's happening right and before our very eyes Diamond Day it Dave. is before our very eyes wait a minute well anyway here we are we here we are we've here got so is. much going on Ryan Kajaste thank you so much we wish you the best and come back anytime um, yeah before or after the election thank we'll you be so here. much for having me absolutely well folks this is the common thread collective you're listening to and it's a beautiful friday and an exciting one at that so we're going to keep rolling along here at mutiny radio if you want to come down and join us we are at the corner 21st in florida we'll be here uh, rocking our microphones on the common thread collective till about 5 30 um then we start to wind down and uh get ready for all the other amazing shows that happen here at mutiny radio there are about 35 different original shows but there are spaces open in the schedule so if you would like to have a show at mutiny radio you should email our director the email address is director at mutinyradio.fm and say i want to be a dj it is fun it's cool it's uh mostly affordable and uh you can have a crew that you're a part of and this is a great little performance and community gathering space as well so um know that mutiny radio is here for everyone peace here's a little more music from joy rosenberg on from her new album called my own religion and this song is called sight unseen uh it is called i have an itch Coming over later. I won't be home. Don't bother calling either. I won't pick up the Oh, 
I didn't warn you, baby. Don't say you didn't know. Oh, when I get that feeling, I got to pack my things and go. Cause I haven't, I haven't, I haven't, I haven't, I haven't, I
There is a lot of light around here on the Common Thread Collective. That was a beautiful song from Joy Rosenberg, My Own Religion. That's a brand new CD. And you know, you know, I, if you're out there and you're making music uh, and you're thinking about getting it out there, of course, the internet has so much to offer these days, um, you know, beyond a traditional kind of record label or anything. But if you're just looking to get your music out, um, you are welcome to send it to us and we will play your music as part of our show here at Mutiny Radio. Uh, you can send your CD uh, to Mutiny Radio. Attention to me, Global Val, um, or the Common Thread Collective, whichever you prefer. We'll get we'll get our hands on it. And the address here is 2781 21st Street, San Francisco, California, 94110. 2781 21st Street, SFCA 94110. And uh, I will open your package and I will play your music. That's how you get on the radio, kids. I'm Global Val, and hey, it's really a beautiful Friday here at Mutiny Radio. I'm excited to be here. I hope you're out there having a good day. Earlier on Women's Magazine, the show I host before the Common Thread Collective, uh, we were talking about creative housing solutions with Renee McLaughlin, who is the event organizer of Tiny Fest. So the t- all those cute little tiny homes you see on the internet are rolling down the road, being pulled by a truck. Um, it's a movement. It's a it's a craze. It's hitting the nation. Tiny Fest is going to be a big expo at the Santa Clara County Fairgrounds in San Jose, June 15th, 16th, and 17th. Uh, the evening of the 15th, which is a Friday, is free to enter. Uh, parking there is $10 at the uh, fairgrounds. And then, um, but tickets to the expo for Saturday and Sunday, which has lots of speakers and workshops uh, and a lot more going on than the Friday night. And tickets are $25, um, but they gave us a secret discount code. So if you go to tinyfestcalifornia.com and buy tickets, you can enter the code MOM and you get $10 off. So, um, you know, Mother's Day is Sunday, so hence the special code um, for this week. And it was also great to be able to bring into that conversation Amy Farrah Weiss, who's running for mayor of San Francisco. She's the founder of the St. Francis Homelessness Challenge, who has been, uh, you know, diving in head head first and, and deep uh, into the... Well, the the zoning issues in San Francisco, um, the political policies that help and often more more than often than not hinder uh, our progress as a city in a way, in in our ability to address the uh, the homeless crisis, uh, the housing crisis, the affordability crisis. Oh, so many crises. Um, but uh, I'm really inspired by Amy Farrowweiss and her organization and her uh, solutions-based planning um, for what is possible uh, working within the, you know, with California law and working with trying to work with people inside San Francisco City Hall uh, to get these um get these programs rolling so that we can help people not have to live in tents on the streets and uh, help 
the mayor's office not think that they have to sweep people off the streets because they're living in tents. So um, definitely check out what Amy's up to, weissformayor.com. That's W-E-I-S-S for mayor. Com. Amy Farrell Weiss. Um, also, if you find her on Facebook, she is out and about all the time, live streaming, uh, commenting, meeting with folks, um, f- and uh, working with the community. So I, I appreciate her community integrated approach to trying to solve some of this city's and the state's uh, largest pressing issues. So it's a good day here. Uh, Continuing on with Global Val's election season coverage, I'm glad that Ryan Kojase got to come in and speak with us and connect with us. Uh, check out what he is up to as well. Um, we've we've talked to a lot of amazing folks who are either running for office or uh, advocating for different propositions that are on the June 5th ballot. So definitely go out there and register to vote. Um, and also you can vote at City Hall the day of, even if you haven't registered previously. Hi, Diamond Dave. Hey, hey, Val. We got this brother, uh, native brother named Chino. He's going to come in and do some poetry. He's All right. Gathering of the tribes. Super cool. Down in uh, Albuquerque. He's going to tell us a bit about what, what went on with that, too. Chino, come on in. All right. He's, he's working his way in yeah. to the studio. As you can tell, folks, this is a flexible format, and we, we just kind of roll with, with what's happening, put it together, weave it together, because this is the common thread. We, Welcome we to roll. the show. What's uh, what's your name? Hi, hi, my name is uh, Chino. Chino. Chino, I'm Val. Nice to meet you. Val, nice to meet you too. Welcome. And Chino, Chino was brought in by his brothers now who they went to high school together. Who am I talking about? Um, uh, uh, Marco. Marco. Oh, you guys Marco come from uh, Arizona. Yeah, Arizona. yeah. So both uh, Phoenix Phoenix cats, you know. Um, just growing up in the um, the desert out that way, so it's nice and cool to be up here because it's better weather out there. It's like 110 right now. Yeah, it's pretty bad. I've spent a little bit of time in Arizona, and oh, nice. the the desert part is is you know magnificent, but it's it's a hot one. Mm-hmm. But then the mountains are amazing, like the White Mountains of Arizona. Oh, yeah. yeah, beautiful, so beautiful country. Yeah, so White Mountains like uh, towards that globe out that way. It was, at a, rainbow it was a long time there. ago. I don't know exactly That's geographically. It. It's probably like three hours past Flagstaff. Oh, okay. At least. Okay. Yeah. In fact, nice. the White Mountains were the land of uh, Cochise and Geronimo. Geronimo. Right? They're uh, up there. In fact, there's a, a reservation yeah, yeah. up there, the White Mountain Apache Reservation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's. Uh, I was. Uh, I actually went uh, passed through that re- uh, reservation as I went up to um, Gathering Nations uh, last weekend. Let's go to tell us the gathering, gathering of the nations. nations. So it's That's just, new to me. I want to hear about the gathering of the nations. Yeah, so it's been going on for a while. Um, it was usually so it's, it takes place in uh, Albuquerque, New Mexico. So you got people all over um, from yeah, pretty much all over, like indigenous people from all over uh, the world. And um, so it's just gathering of nations, gathering of different tribes. So it's um, not like a camp out. People, uh, people bring their tents. People camp out there together. How did? How do you gather it with the gathering of the some, nations? Some people did uh, a long time ago. I mean, people oh, no still more. do. People still do. But uh, it's, it's it's in the city, so people just stay at the open uh, up their homes. They stay yeah, hotels. Yeah, yeah, hotels are, homes, yeah. Some people can afford hotels. Some people yeah, cannot. Yeah, 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 for sure. And then just good to have people, family there, so you can just like you know go visit and say what's up you know and go to the gathering together it is like a it's it's a it's a cool thing um but it's a cool thing doesn't 
Now, it needs to be explained more. Do you come together to come up with a platform to get on the same page and say, where do we go from here in the time of Trump? Who tells about it. Oh, and, so- uh, and of course, uh, Arizona is a very red state. A lot of Trump voters are there, but a lot of people are not. Some people are not Trump voters. This happens in uh, Albuquerque, New Mexico, right? In Albuquerque. Albuquerque yeah. yeah. Well, but you're from Arizona. Yeah. But we're Arizona. talking about the gathering of the nations in yeah. Albuquerque. Yeah. So what happens? How long is this? Uh, how long is this? This ga- This festival? This gathering? What? So tell us about much, it. Yeah. So it's pretty much like the weekend. Um, in, in, in April, end of April, but yeah, so the gathering is just, uh, it's a big powwow. So it's, big a, powwow. Okay. Yeah, so it's not like uh, people coming together like in, in uh, I guess, um, it kind of is, kind of is, it's like, it's happened, it's, it's a weird, it's weird how to explain it. It's people coming together to kind of like uh, do, uh, celebrate each other's like cultures and also music and what we do today. Um, this is not only the Gathering Nation that's going on, there's other events surrounding it. So you got like people playing like, um, playing venues um people all native like artists people from like um new zealand different the local reservations and yeah it's a pretty uh pretty wild time to be there but um and so that opened a lot to you too i mean you as a native person to come for that and meet uh, the gathering uh, of many different nations and tribes to come together that must have been a uh, illuminating enlightening and uh, exciting experience for you yeah it was pretty cool in other words, pretty cool. Totally. Have you been before? Was this your yeah, yeah. I've, I've been, been before, a bunch, but so. as an adult going there, it was it was pretty rad because um, it was just like I. It was more like going to like a meeting with a, a bunch of uh, different people and then just hanging out with them and um, kind of like you know having this wild weekend of just kind of partying too. Sure, yeah. having a good time getting together with people yeah. familiar and new. Yeah. So. Um, I, I totally blanked on what I was going to ask you about that. Yeah. Um, does, so when does it, does it always happen every May or every uh, April? April? Every April. Every April? Yeah. Yeah. And that happens to be National Poetry Month, as we know. We had something That's called Poets true. Under the Dome. Yep. We had which a we do every busy year, April. Bring together the Poets Gathering and City Hall itself. That's a dome. You'll see that when you've been around for a while. But he's, but, uh, but, he's, but you're also a poet, as well, a spoken word poet, am I right? Uh, yeah, I do. I dabble a little bit in that poetry. Well, dibble dabble. Let's hear a little. You're dibble dabbling. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, for sure. So well, that's what people come here to do. That's a good name that's... for it. Some dibble and dabbling. Yeah, I like that. Well, yeah. for that. Dibble and dabbling at the Common Thread Collective. Being heard around the planet on the internet. Hey, I'm sure. And of course, I'll say it again. But I like to say it is that the the uh, podcast, which is the the, uh, the 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 record of the show, which can be heard any time of the day or night, 24/7, goes up as soon as the show's over. So some of you are dibbling and dabbling, and you're always welcome to come in any Friday with some dibbling and dabbling, brother. Give us a listen. Let's hear a little bit of what you do. Oh yeah. So. Um yeah, uh, this is kind of like an old, really old poem, like from like 2013. I think I was, I would like, uh, you know, write the uh, the day and then like the hour I started writing. You know? Yeah. So this is like Christmas Day in 2013 at 9:09 p.m. So this is like a while ago. So I just write about crazy, st- I mean, not kind of, like kind of just, kind of just uh, funny stuff, you know. But it's just kind of like a romance poem, like in a ways. So. Uh, yeah, so this is called uh, Daydream. Is okay? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, it's Christmas. The whole block is asleep, and there is, there is, no, one, there is no one romantic to spend this night with. 
Let's see. Excuse me, hold on. As I sit alone in my garage, drinking a bomber of Lagunitas and slowly, slowly uh, eating a bag of uh, Inca corn, I can't help to think of a uh, help to think of spending time in the heavy snow of the four corners. I dream of thick, thick warmth of vapor leaving my mouth as I inhale, yet to breathe again, and inhale the cold, cold air and feel it through my nose and feel it through my whole body. The brisk, cold, the cold uh, passing through my lungs and out to the world. I can see a clear night sky illuminated with constellations of Orion, Capella, Andromeda, Cassiopeia, and many others. That the city lights uh, hid behind Jupiter's streaks. Then that's when I'll see her under the lonely street light. Calling my name and a smile on her face. Running to running to her with uh, crunchy uh, crunchy snow under my shoes. Almost like to slip on ice, to almost risk falling. Falling for a warm kiss under the glowing moonlight. As I as I drink my last swig of Lagunitas. Sorry, hold on. It's been a while since this is like some of this is all faded. So, yeah, a uh, see here we are. Swig my last. Um, swig my last shot of Lagunitas. I wonder, I wonder, and kid myself, you know. It's a, uh, it's it's pretty chill night. Someday I'll have it. Someday it'll be maybe next Christmas. Maybe nice. Yeah. Maybe next Christmas. Yeah. yeah. So, giving yourself a gift. Yeah. So it was. Uh. Yeah. So I'm kind of like reading this. I would write, like, uh, in cursive, but I don't like. Uh, sometimes I would like write it a, a funny way, and I can't. Someone read read my writing sometimes anymore. I have well, this. I have the same problem sometimes. Yeah. So I write it at night. Yeah, 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 for sure. Well, next week you mentioned infected, but uh, you you left, forgot a book. Is that right? A book. Is well, that yeah, yeah, yeah. So recent? yeah. Anyways, yeah, yeah. yeah. So. Uh, so uh, four corners. Yeah. Did you grow up in the Four Corners? You mentioned the um, Four Corners there, yeah. which of course, Dene, Navajo, Hopi Land, the Four Quarters. You took me right there in my mind, uh, where I'd been, because I was there, blah, blah, blah. I was there. So why don't you, uh, there's a few more, but think about next week. Think about maybe uh, rewriting the poems and going over it in your head a bit, a bit and coming back uh, next week and be ready to roll. That's, uh, that's uh, How's that? Yeah, that's cool. I mean, I have, I have this just because I wrote this, but I have another one that I wrote in a different text, so I can read that one. Nice. And, and you're great. you're new in town. Uh, yeah. Just getting used to San Francisco. Yes. Yeah, so. And I have a guy who first got here in 1957. Oh, really? And so I know it pretty well. And so maybe we'll meet up. And uh, I'm not, I'm not in the shape I used to be when I could run around from the one neighborhood to another, uh, another. But we'll connect. But we'll definitely be connecting here next week. And uh, 
And now you know how it looks, how we and how we roll. Yeah. So this is part one today, and to be continued uh, next week. Yeah. We've had a chance to uh, work a little with it, maybe recopy it, and recopy it and repeat it, and rewind it. So whatever it is you want to do, how's that? I mean, yeah, that's cool. I mean, well, yeah, yeah, I'll uh, retranscribe. Yeah. Yeah. Like but he's got yeah, some yeah, other yeah. stuff here. Yeah, right? yeah. So it's just like a little short story. This is like kind of like what we do on the res for one of our ceremonies. Okay. Let's so yeah, I guess this the could be yeah. So it's personal. What I guess title uh, personal experience. So you know, every uh, in the in the late summer we have this dance called the butterfly dance, and uh, it takes place in the uh, the Hopi reservation, and um, so it's the. Uh, girls who pick the uh, boys to dance with them and the boy has to make a headdress and it's a lot of, you know everybody gets involved the whole family everybody all the uh, dads and uncles grandpas they sing and um all That's these songs a new generation coming along to meet one another so that you you guys you guys the, the beforehand you go to oh, the one what might come to you and say look i want you to come to the uh, see you at the butterfly dance and you make a headdress and you guys meet up and dance together at the butterfly dance. Is that right? Uh, yeah. Your yeah, favorite. Your favorite is the, as the early generations look on and laugh and sing and have a good old time. So tell us. Let's hear your 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 take on it. It's not for me. Um. Yeah. So uh, here we go. It was a. Uh, it was late summer when my sister took part in the butterfly dance in Hotvela. The dance was two days, and all the dancers were practicing for the for months. We had to do a lot of running, running around for my sister. I was the one who just got, who just got to kick back for a little while until the dance came. I danced already a few years before, so you could say I, I was experienced. The day of the, <clears throat> the day of the dance, all the men in my family dressed up with our mapunas, which is a, um, a bogart, and our our uh, native shirts, our ribbon shirts, and uh, we got our moccasins and. Wore our, wore our headbands to the side as we shook our rattles, our ayas, and sang with the sang with the group. All the ladies were dressed as well, wearing their dresses and and shawls that portrayed many different colors and multi-dimensional shapes of flowers. Um, they watched the they watched the dance until uh until the right time to pick uh to pick their clan nephews to dance after them. So everybody comes in to dance. Um, with the other dancers, uh, well, okay, while I was singing with the group, I closed my eyes and could feel the energy of the plaza all around me. Positive energies, we sang about the clouds and the rain in Hopi. Heavy drum echoed throughout the plaza and into the sky. I was, <clears throat> it was cloudy, it was a cloudy day, and by that time, and as we sang louder and louder, we could hear the rolling echoes of thunder far off, but coming closer. Then we could feel the drops of rain that became heavier and heavier as we as the song went on. Eventually, it started pouring and everyone was smiling. The rain flooded the plaza and we all we had to make it to the make it way back to the rest point. But but we still sang as we moved throughout the into the rain that we had to <clears throat> wait until the storm passed. But we were happy. Our prayers were received, and the dance went on. Wow. Yeah. That's beautiful, brother. Yeah. You touched it. How old are you? Are you 25? Uh, uh, 26. 26. 26. Yeah, I get that. Well, hey, brother, welcome to San Francisco. And uh, 
and I hope to see you next yeah, week. Thank you. Now you get I have an idea of how we roll here. Yeah. How we roll here. Yeah. And uh, we definitely want to hear from you about what you do and how you, and you have this unusual position, of being, unusual position of being both Danae and Hopi, mm -hmm. which is fairly unusual, isn't it? That you. Yeah. That, that you. I mean, it's that common. It's with common. Yeah, yeah it's commonly bit. uncommon, but you're welcome wherever you happen to be there in the Four Corners. I'd say, is that right? Uh, yeah, it's a cool place to yeah to, uh, to experience a lot of things. I really I really liked that that your account of it like I like it really kind of brought me there. It like painted a picture. Um, it was still kind of like kind of fuzzy edges, but like with the thunder coming in and everything. Yeah, like, yeah. So. That's it's powerful. It's like really I mean just the the connection to. The, nature and the and the community and the power that can be generated and the energy that can be shared is really really cool really so welcome welcome to the, the common thread welcome Pipe to the, the common thread this Pipe. is what we're about I like, that. I like that that's we find that common thread what we're about and i like it too so welcome to the common thread collective welcome to san francisco and i think you made a good choice to get out of that to come out and see other places and other beings and other human beings and to take back with you it reminded me i mentioned the rainbow gathering and i was there in new mexico maybe 20 years ago and it brought it right back as they say we were in the national forest as we always are it's, an, it's not a forest, it's a, but it's called a national forest. Maybe you know where it's right by the way. We were right, we would come through, we'd go shopping, we needed to go to the corner store. Our corner store was there on the White Mountain uh, Apache Reservation. Mm. And we go up there, how's it going? And that was a land of both, uh, out of which Cochise and uh, Geronimo came. In fact, where we were was called the Cochise Stronghold. Because that was the Cochise stronghold. Because the one place there's only one trail up, and so when uh, when they were going after Cochise, they'd have to go up this trail, and they better not come there because they uh, they'd have to come single file. I'm talking about the U.S. Uh, the U.S. Uh, the U.S. whatever they call it, the U.S. whatever's and the American soldier, and they couldn't come up there. They were afraid to come up there. So to this day, that is called the Cochise stronghold. Because that's where he, I was a stronghold. That's where they held out. That's where the, the American, uh, the American could not get there because it was they. There's one trail, and they could have a couple guys watching it. And here they, here they come. <laughs> here they come, and that's uh, that's the truth. And you took me right back. And in fact, we went to the town, and uh, I remember going to the town, and. Uh, uh, and this young guy, and this young kid comes running up to me. He says, "How'd you guys do it?" And I said, "Do what?" And he said, "Bring the rain." And then I realized they hadn't rained. It was just like that. It hadn't been. It might be the same time. I was probably much earlier. It hadn't been rained for weeks. And the same thing happened. First, there was a few drops, and then I looked at them in the clouds, and then the rain came. And it, how'd you do it? And they thought it was something to do with our drumming, with our dancing, and whatever, just as, as whatever it had to your drumming and dancing, which is what brought the rain. And I hadn't even thought of that we could somehow bring the rain. But when he came up, I could see he was completely, his kid was serious, he said, how'd you do it? And I said, what, what? And he said, bring the rain. And I realized as far as the rain, like, uh, down in those kind of country, for, for in the four corners kind of land, in the white kind of, kind of mouth, like when the rain comes rarely, and when it does come, it comes for a reason. It might have been your drumming and dancing. It might have been our drumming and dancing. But indeed, the rain came, brother. Yes, yes. 
Yeah, I was writing a poem one time about, and like there was a line about thunder, and there hadn't been any sign that there was going to be a storm outside. Like I was just kind of sitting inside and I'd been there for a little while. So I wasn't really paying attention to what was going on outside, but I was writing this poem about um, how my confusion swirls like an iridescent pearl. And like the, and, and just the, I started writing this line, I wrote this line about thunder. And then like a minute later, there was this huge crash of thunder outside and i like looked outside and when that was remember dave it was, it was only like maybe last year that gigantic lightning storm oh, that showed remember, up it came out of nowhere but i it years. was you know you, you call things things happen there are forces at, at, at play once you realize that there are no accidents somehow there are no accidents everything is connected hmm? i know that's the, that's what the, the that's, uh, that's part of the tri- your tribal, tribal views, part of, the na- part of so many people on this planet realize that everything is connected. It's only these super scientific type where it can't be, it can't be, it has to be the, who say not. But I believe that, that just by chance, not uh, too likely, don't worry. Just because the reason is now unclear doesn't mean we won't know one day. If we hang on, hang in, hang out, and follow the stream right down to the sea, and you mention the stars, the stars there looking up away from any big city lights, and you look up and you say, wow, look up, see the stars, and really see the sky. Mm-hmm. Thanks, brother. I, want yes. you come. I hope you can Thanks. come next week. Um, I hope you plan to stick around for a while. I, but, uh, and she, what? I, I'll probably be coming back next month, because I, I live in I'm L.A., so I'm just kind of going back. Oh, you live yeah. in L.A.? Well, yeah. come on up. Yeah. Come on back, check yeah. us out. We'd Come be on up on a, on a Friday. We'll be here from 3 to 6. Oh, okay, for sure. So, you can always uh, yeah. call in, too. I'll find my other book, and then uh, I'll yeah, put you, it in. Just sit well, down you, you can call in, too. Right you can call in with this phone here. Oh, yeah. Here's our phone line. I'll give you that number. Five. Okay. For anybody, in fact, out there, we want it. It's 550-05111. Okay. Right. Area code 415-550-05111. You can call. This is L.A. speaking. There's Pacino. Yeah. Yes, there you go. There you go. Alrighty. Well. Uh, I can't see why. I can't. Are you called Chino? If you take your glasses off, I might be able to see why you're called Chino. Is that why you call Chino? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's sure, my Chino. Sure, sure. <laughs> There's a bunch of Chinos I've run into. Uh, native, uh, native Chinos. And you can see there, I just know why they kind of call him Chino really early in life. Yeah, yeah. There you go. There you go, man. Because it's all connected. Cool. It's yeah, all connected. Love is the answer. All, all together. Okay, let's put some music on. Yeah, I want to put some music on. That's really cool. You're listening to the Common Thread Collective, and here we are connecting people coming from around the world, around the country, around this planet. Um, And uh, it's always a good time here on a Friday afternoon. So thanks for coming down. Nice to meet you, Chino. Here's a little, yeah, our our pleasure. Here's a little music from a fun crew, Bicicletas por la Paz. That's Bicycles for Peace, y'all. They actually have bicycles that you can ride at their shows to generate the electricity needed to run the uh, stereo uh, speakers, microphones, amplifiers, and all that stuff. So Bicicletas por la Paz. Here we go. Quiero montar mi bicicleta. Un, dos, un, dos, tres, va. Yeah, 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 yeah
Oh, I got so close to having no dead air. That's all right. Don't worry. We haven't gone anywhere. We're just hanging out here at Mutiny Radio, the corner 21st in Florida here in the Mission District of San Francisco. Come on down and join us. Let's see. What time is it anyway? It is, uh, oh, oh, it's 420. So, We'll be here for at least another hour and 20 minutes or so. Um, we usually wrap up about 540, 545 at the latest. Um, so if you ever want to come down and join us, please come on through the door. Our do- doors, hearts, minds, and microphones are open to you. Music, poetry, political activism, uh, vagabonding, and all sorts of interesting and unusual experiences. So um, we've got our friend Jack Melander here. Hi, Jack. Hi, Val. Welcome back. Good. Thank you. Always good to have you here on The Common Thread to share some of your, your musings, your poetic musings and such. What have you brought with you today? What's well, going on? I got a few little poems. There's kind of lyrical stuff. Uh, this first one is called Disillusion. You will go to school, my child. The course is there to know. And they'll say you can choose what you'll do when you grow, but you'll find it's not so. You will be told your land is free and all are equal made, but yet... Far most are wage slaves, feed machines so fewest hands can do most work toward profit unseen coffer fills. Such job that wears a mind away with nothing new day after day, but when you get some new machine. That smokes folks' lot, that asks no art, nor wants employees' native gifts. Don't count on honing them at school, forget that half of wonderment. Adulthood gives hope to repent, with stoical, enduring, rankest tedium and petty tyrannies of overseers. That's all you'll get. That's what you'll be here in the land mistouted free, home of the so far belatedly brave, under the sway of the fascist boss, who will freedoms onto the fire tossed, along with our rights if bards don't rave. Uh, this is... Disillusion. What's the name of Disillusion. This one's called The Rich California Uplands. Huh. The guys would rather back the pigs than seek to learn their victims' woe, their brothers. All the guys dance jigs, themselves safe from harm to know. This thing we call empathy is not competitive, I guess. Compassion, all the guys agree, is hardly good for business. The upland girls all go along with these guys deifying gold. Though how can they but know it's wrong when greed makes even gods grow old? Well... This is called, um, he skates, or she skates, he cycles, they talk. She, you are a betrayer of natural gifts, dope dunce, and witless as some potted plant, thinking unkindly there need to be riffs, ruffling the moods of joy's co-celebrant. He, I but fail, so I'll then have some flaw to transcend, since my job fills my days with such pure tedium, though my underemployment drags on with no end. I'll hone gifts to the boss's fell bidding quite dumb. She. You will find lyrics in cityscape ghetto, you with your rap sheet trumped black sheepskin mind. You can the most with the least do, and yet, oh, who'll in the basement her pipe dreamer find? He. Oh, you sate and you slake in such rapturous way all the lust and the passion your beauty inspires. But I smoke to forget those same feelings as ires unavenged on the badged gunsel goons holding sway. She, let's watch our rights then in wage slavery land vanish purloined by the black hole of Mart. Money co-opting democracies stand, then hide our heads in a cloud for your part. 
He. I've awoke to the sound of my hope's alarm bell, which I'd set for such time as the voice stilled my gripe. Time to jump off our bandwagons headed for hell. Time to keep long-delayed resolutions grown ripe. She. You call me goddess who's banished to earth? Why, in my choice, then, of mortal men's help, so disappoint me, love's sinemphi, worth taking the time to extract from time's kelp? He, if despair had a flame like his freedom's lost spirit, should he aught but collude in impostures of hers? If he had some mind left, how could he but clear it to be ready to help her when some need occurs? She, yes, in your backpack there, do you recall you were supposed to place those poems you read waking me last night in wee hours small, into what strange dreams those verses me sped. He, they are here, as are two hams on rye, our canteen, and a chapbook by Smith, who, as Dante referred to our Daniel Eliot, was to pound scene, the better maker for picnics, Smith's poems are preferred. Smith. Smith. Who's uh, Smith? Well, he's Clark Ashton Smith. He's an old, old... Oh, uh, the science fiction guy. Yeah, yeah, old guy. He goes back to the old days of astounding science fiction. Yeah. He was the generation just before me, my, uh, uh, when I turned down to science fiction. Now I remember him now. I mean, they, George Sterling. George yeah. Sterling? Mm-hmm. Yeah, those guys. Well, George Sterling and those the poets, uh, yep. the poet in San Francisco, he wasn't science fiction. Yeah. Smith was. No, Sterling was, uh, that was the first bohemian uh, Bohemian generation here. They're the ones who went and uh, invested Carmel. And Sterling and Smith and H.P. Lovecraft were all friends and they corresponded back that. and forth. H.P. Lovecraft wrote a book of poems called Fungi from Yagoth. Really wow. strange. Kind of like well, I'd love to, yeah. Do you know, uh, you know H.P. Lovecraft, Val? H.P. Lovecraft. Yeah. I, I, I don't know if I've ever read any, any of his work, but I do know the name. He was a madman. He, he, he was a guy who, was a, who had monsters up in the cellar. Yep. He believed in what he wrote. It came under the genre of like fantasy science fiction, but I think he believed it. Well, do you have that book of Lovecraft? Could you find it? No, I, I mean, I used to have it, but I... I oh, I got, it would be nice. To, I wonder if we could Google some of it and get some H.P. Lovecraft poetry to read next yeah, week. The book is called Fungi from Yagoth. Fungi from Yagoth. Shoot. I, I have one more. Let's have another one. Then. Okay, it's called, it's called Only a Thought. There are secret places where we keep ourselves. We see our brother's suffering. We feel how it must be in a secret place. Each has to sympathize, for that is what we are. Each self alone forsaken. This information doesn't jibe with capitalistic success. We empathize with the unlucky and wonder why the hurt. Here only, not just our own. And then the moon looks in. Then the cold departs. We contact other boxers. We're wandering together, consensus being taken, free will's popular edicts, enactments once accomplished. What were most paramount to do than ease our brother's suffering? Before the golf game, the newer mansion in the farther country, the outlay for the third BMW, the pipe, the highball, the bump, shot, capsule, tablet, the 50 grand a month for computer roulette, the fall crop of sitcoms, our favorite primetime adult cartoon. Priorities were then hugely shifted we would be reeling, but after a while there, w- there would insinuate itself a heady effect to find just how much of the ills of a seeming mortal fate 
were we working together? Reversible. How many proven errors of mass industry? Correctable. How many dormant love lives? Inexplicably revived. What a really pleasant predicament being people is. It's only a thought. Wow. <laughs> what a, what a pleasant, pleasant predicament. Well, it's always good to hear your words. Oh, and here we've been for weeks. You've been a regular here every each and every Friday. You've come in, and you're part of our common thread, bro. Well, thanks, Good Dave. to see you. Anything you'd like to do and start bringing people in, and so far as reading, like H.P. Lovecraft, uh, we're, we're open to it. We have a smorgasbord here. Okay, thanks a lot. Thanks, Jack. Hey, Jack, Mellon Cop. Hey, um, Val. Yeah, maybe, uh, maybe we can put a little music. I got a, a radio guy here. I'm talking about a, uh, DJ Bravo. DJ Rabo is going to come in. Oh, he wants to read Will Ginsburg. And okay. also, he's connected. He's a DJ. Rabo, Rabo. He's connected you with do Ber it up there? Berkeley Liberation Radio. And uh, he has he, a proposal as far as uh, hoping to, uh, helping to, making happen to bring Berkeley Liberation together with, uh, with the Common Thread Collective. I think that would be a good thing to do. All right. Oh, he wants to be up there. Well, let him. Yeah, there it's, he is. That it's on. Okay. I can I can hear you. We're fine. Just DJ Rabble. Then, then come in here. Rubble. R U B B L E. What are you going to read? I'm going to read excerpts of a poem titled Memory Gardens. It's from Allen Ginsberg's The Fall of America, Poems of These States, 1965 to 1971. The significance of the book is that it is the first piece of published beat literature that got critical acclaim from the literary establishment. It won the National Book Award for Poetry in 1973 and quickly led the way for the following of the first literary publication of the, the prime beats, Ginsburg, Kerouac, and Burroughs, in a book called Fallen Angels, which apparently got the story right about these writers in the first place. The significance of the poem, Ginsburg was living here in the Haight-Ashbury, doing a lot of anti-war and <clears throat> hippie movement organizing at the time, and also um, eulogi eulogizing his mentor, Jack Kerouac, who had drank himself to death a month earlier in fall uh, in September of 1969, and he was also eulogizing in the book his peer, Near Neil Cassidy, who had drugged himself to death two years earlier. So the excerpts I'm reading are a eulogy to Jack Kerouac, and they, um, they touch on some of the famous beat writers, John Clellan Holmes, Kerouac, Gregory Corso, Peter Orlovsky, and Robert Creeley. So let's go ahead. Um, full moon over Ozark Park. Airport bus rushing through dusk to Manhattan. 
Jack and the wizard in his grave at Lowell for the first night that Jack through those eyes I saw smog glory light gold over Manhattan's spire will never see these chimneys smoking anymore over the statues of Mary in the graveyard flying to Maine in a trail of black smoke Kerouac's obituary conserves Times front paragraphs. Empire stayed in heaven, sunset red. White mist in old October over the billion trees of the Bronx. There's too much to see. Jack saw a sunset over Hudson Horizon two, three decades back, 39, 49, 59, 69. John Clellan Holmes pursed his lips wept tears, smoke plumed through the ocean chimneys. Stretched in the red sunset, Northport in the trees, Jack drank rotgut and made haikus of birds, tweedling on his porch rail at dawn, fell down and saw golden's, saw death's golden light in Florida Garden a decade ago. Looking in Creeley's one eye, Peter Sweet holding a flower, Gregory Toothless bending his knuckle to cinema machine. And, the, and that's the end of the drabble-tongued poet who sounded his knock-rup throughout the Northwest Passage. Blue dusk over Saybrook, Holmes sits down to dine Victorian, and time has a ten-page spread on homosexual fairies. Well, while I'm here, I'll do the work. And what's the work? To ease the pain of living. Everything else, drunken dumb show. October 22nd to 29th, 1969. Every time, have you mentioned uh, Kerouac had died at his mother's house in Florida? Well, I guess like he went home to do that, to drink himself to death. He couldn't face all the... It was just too much, too much to be Jack Kerouac. And he was a shy guy. I knew him pretty well. And then Cassidy and that whole crew. And here we are and there we are. So that's good. So hey, DJ, why don't you come in here for a bit? I want to talk a bit about, but come in and sit right down. Thank you. Thanks, thank you for the Alan Ginsberg poetry. And of course, that's put out by Saylights Press. They had, they put out uh, the Saylights, uh, the volume one, number one, Saylights Press was, of course, uh, Ellen Ginsberg's Howl. I saw the best minds of my generation, Ellen Ginsberg Howl. And that, and, uh, that was put out by Saylights, which was uh, well, the Saylights Press, volume one, number one, and that was a little ways down the line, but it's still happening. And uh, so welcome, uh, welcome DJ Rubble to, uh, to the Common Thread Collective. Yes, so that's good. I'm also a March 12th Pisces, as with Kerouac, a Kerouac biographer, and I used to use his methods as my own practice. So there's a lot in, there's a lot in there. He gets more credit for his counterculture and his life, and he's probably still quite underappreciated for the quality of his literature. So there were... You highlighted some of the demographics and, you know, contradictions well, to I was a T. There, 
unlike the last beatnik, in a lot of ways. I think the last one's still standing. Everybody else mentioned, now Creeley might still be with us. Now Creeley was not a beat. Creeley was uh, a little bit to the side, about five feet to the side, the Black Mountain po poets. They had left Black Mountain College, which was in uh, North Carolina, was the most progressive school of the time. And they were the, they were the English department. It was Creeley, uh, Duncan, Creeley, Duncan, and they all came to San Francisco about that time uh, after the fall of Black Mountain. Creeley, Duncan, and Seller. Uh, is it Seller? Well, anyway, they came to San Francisco. Check them out as the Black Mountain poets. And uh, they're a little bit to the side. They're a little more uh, organized. Uh, Ginsburg, of course, said best, first thought, best thought. But they would really, Creeley would really work on his poems and, and work on his poems, and you can tell when you read them. I'd love to have some Creeley to read right now, but I'm glad you brought him up. Let me ask you a question. I believe the Black to... Mountain poets got a little little bit more literary acclaim at they the were. time than the Beats did. The Beats were more controversial, oh, am yes. I right? That you got it, you nailed it. Kerouac was as visionary as you were in your life because, for example, when he was ready to put out On the Road, he had already published Mexico City Blues. He was way ahead. But they talk a lot how depressed and demoralized and drinking himself to death. But he was also telling his producer that On, on the Road was going to be a hipster book. And it was going to ride a wave that was going to crest into rock and roll and be a movement for the counterculture and that rock and roll was going to be in the middle of it. And young beat poet Jim Morrison, who turned into rock star of the doors, I looked up a rumor he had tried to storm Kerouac's house in Florida as a young beat poet and Kerouac's mother threw him out because he had long hair and said he would have had to have a hairnet to come in. So he was telling his producer that he, that he even had young rock and rollers and social change lauding him and coming after his literature and that's not so much captured in the biographical history that he has because he drank too much well and also mm. he was much more politically he was much more conservative when the story against the vietnam war and you'd mentioned that uh alan ginsburg was right in the midst of it when we had these enormous marches coming up hate street I mean, enormous marches. Wow, look at this. When, the, when they, you look down and it would go on, it looked like it was going for miles all the way down Haight Street, then down that hill, then down that hill all the way to Market Street. It was at its high point. And out of the windows, I can remember I was walking along, and out of the windows people would put their, 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 uh, their radios or their regular, or their, uh, out in the window. And, and as we went down, you could hear out of uh, many windows all the way down was, uh, was, uh, was uh, the, the Rolling Stones singing Street Fighting Man. That was, uh, that was their bow to the, the movement. Street Fighting Man, I'm a street mind man, saying Jim Moore, we're saying, uh, saying, uh, saying with Rolling Stones. Yeah, so that was the truth. Kerouac discredited himself. It was false that the hippies didn't like him. The hippies did like him, but he discredited himself by being pro-war, slamming the anti-war movement, and he morphed into mm. anti-Semitism, which was all a function of his alcoholism and deeper 
mental health went, along with marginalization. He left it all to go. I, the last time I ever saw him, I knew him on uh, on Grant Avenue. I knew him what our hate street was, of course, that street called Grant, between Vesuvio's, the Sea Lights bookstore. Then up Grant, we had the coffee house where we all hung out. People like David Meltzer, we all, in fact, that's I think of Meltzer because he came in when he first came up from L.A., David Meltzer, who's now passed, who is a great poet and certainly a, a next generation. He did Melton Camp. We were hanging out at a place called the Coexistence Bagel Shop. I was always in the front window. This is 1957. And standing outside, hanging there, hanging hang out, outside, would be the none other than the, the, the legendary Bob Kaufman. How was, what was Kerouac's personality like then? There's a lot written, but a lot contradicts a lot. Well, he was a very quiet, quiet guy. He was a very quiet fellow, almost shy, shyly quiet, and it would come out occasionally. That's his personality. And of course he was known, and one of the biographies, have you read, I think of Jerry Nicosia's biography called Memory Babe. I mean, I've read them all. That's what he was called, Memory Babe. Because that's what they say. I don't remember him being called that. Uh, memory babe that he was called because he could, uh, on the road, on the road, he was, when on the road come out, he already came out with the city and the town. That was the only book he had uh, that actually was published. And, uh, and uh, memory babe, and uh, anyway, what about, uh, memory babe he was called because that's what he Because what did he do? He'd, Type, type these things almost autobiographical, like on the road was autobiographical. All they do is change the names. Dean Moriarty was Dean Moriarty was Dean Moriarty was who? Well, was uh, Neil Cassidy? Neil Cassidy was Dean Moriarty. Let me ask you this: I don't know if you read, but in two thousand eight, um, his his benefactors sold the original scroll which was t- which was republished as a book in 2008 um, on the road the scroll version and it left everybody's name in as it was but the book was completely different and to a far higher quality as really? the original really? on the road because the editors had forced him to rewrite on the road to the way they wanted to publish it so his original writing that didn't get published was actually at a much higher quality could well be than uh, the uh, other one in fact I, my first conversation you did did you know that i'm in a i just had they have collected letters of jack kerouac there's three or four volumes 1957 so there i was at the beat museum and there they were they're, they're, uh, I think the Viking Press was the ones who put out, but I'm not sure, who the ones who put out the original uh, on the road, his letters. And I looked into the index, uh, because I, uh, for whatever reason, but to see, and there I was, Dave Whitaker, what? And I turned to that page, and it was a letter from Kerouac, and he sent these letters, made up these letters. He was here in the, in the North Beach then. The, 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 these were group letters to a few people, but I include that William Burroughs and Ginsburg were all the letters were to them. And there it was, New Poet in Town. A, a incubular, uh, William Burroughs with glasses, Dave Whitaker, 17. And there, what? There I was in the, uh, in the, uh, in the Kerouac letters. And that was after I had a conversation with him in the place. I mentioned us, uh, 
Meeting. Oh no! Why did you? Why I gotta turn it off? Well, speaking of phones, you were also in another short letter from Kerouac to Ginsburg, which I read, which called refer to you as a new poet on the scene, but what he liked about you that was a core value he had trouble with, but that he said that you were a person who lacked pretentiousness. Well, More working class old. than upper class. Well, my working class was on my own. I hitchhiked here, and they were, I, talked to, I talked to Kerouac about the city and the town, which he uh, he said told me that's it. When he, I remember him telling me what the editors had done with that, and how they took the all the, all the sex out of it, all the love interest out of it. They took it all out because this was 1952 or so, you know. But of course, uh, on the road it had been written years before it came out. He'd written all the many of his books were written years before they came out, but once on the road became such a big success, then they started publishing everything that had the name Jack Kerouac connected to it. All that is true. Well, let's talk a bit about. Uh, uh, can I can I add um, another voice please. to this? And I'm we're not close. I'm not talking about mine actually. I'm talking about our, our friend Joan Rivard, who just who's on the phone. Oh, Joan. So I I think she would be a great voice to have as part of this. So if you. Uh, DJ Rubble, if you want to put those headphones on, you'll be able to hear Joan, and and you can all chat. Uh, I like we're having a good uh, hipstery session here on the Common Thread Collective. Joan is down there now. Joan, it's so good to hear your voice. Yeah, I miss you so much. I miss all of you. I've been traveling. Why was uh, you been traveling? Where, where, and how? Uh, Los Angeles, and and I'm in Joshua Tree. I've well, been staying in Joshua Los Angeles Tree, and I'm hoping to get back up there pretty soon, hopefully in a few weeks. But <laughs> it's hard wow. to know my well, movements anymore. Well, I'm glad that you thought of us. How has your life been? What have you been about? It's, it's wonderful. I, I'm working hard on publishing my book, uh, uh, Peace Drums, uh, Woodstock's Vision Now from Haight-Ashbury and Beyond. And uh, I, I actually... Uh, got a lady she's going to send my my book queries to lots of publishers and agents and i'm in the process of emailing her everything today i'm, I'm sending her three different books that i'm trying to publish at the same time wow and you took a and you took a break to give us a call here on the common thread collective that's that's really nice of you joan <laughs> it sounds like a busy day <laughs> it is but it's a good day the good things are happening and, and it's very important i feel bad i haven't been calling you guys you know i i, I want to be part of this in well fact, we're just I talking about jack kerouac at the moment uh, in my book actually i should read that one i wrote about mutiny radio in here and i wrote lots about diamond dave um here it is mutiny radio 129 i might as well read that one huh it's in the index. We're just talking about being in the index of the Jack Kerouac letters. Now we're talking about being in the index of the, of the Joan, the Joan uh, manuscript soon to be published. Tell us, what did you find? Oh, yes. Well, I'm also, I've been staying near Art Conklin, who founded the Free Press. He's a good friend of mine. He's not here right now, but um, it's been exciting to meet him again and all his friends. And we've had drum circles up here and everything. Well, connected well, with one um, another is what we're about, that's for sure. I wrote about Mutiny Radio, um, and I, I I described everything. I guess I might as well just read it, huh? Yeah, just read it. Describe everything doesn't tell us much. Just reading us without reading it will tell us much more. Go ahead, Joan. Oh, yes. 
Mutiny Radio. On the glass storefront of Mutiny Radio, there's the painted picture of a ship which looks like it's looching forward with rays around it. That's right. A group of long hairs stood around the doorway talking excitedly. This is after I talk about riding there on the bus with Rainbow. He brought me there the first time. A group of long hairs stood around the doorway talking excitedly. They talked about the Black Hills Rainbow Gathering last year, the Lakota Rainbow Alliance, and the pipeline and demonstrations at, at Standing Rock. A guy in a good suit said to the group, I have a song in my heart every day. It's a gift. Inside, there's a low stage platform and about three rows of chairs. The walls are painted black and covered with political and art posters. Most important, there's the radio booth that you can see from the main room through a big glass window. It's a large walled-off area with microphones inside and a flashing red light that says, On the Air. It turned out that Diamond Dave was out of town running a kitchen at the Rainbow Gathering in Pennsylvania. The people there were more than interesting. Alternately sitting on the chairs or wandering outside, we shared animated conversations. You can talk while the show is going on if the performers are inside the radio booth, but not if they're in the room with the stage with a different mic when, it, when a different mic is on. It was the first time I would be reading my political poetry on public airways. It was exciting but frightening. As usual, I hadn't really prepared, had just brought a whole book manuscript with me to decide what to read. I figured I'd see what the other people were reading and then decide. Um, most people played guitars and chose the stage with the microphone that connected to the radio booth instead of going into it to read or speak. Rainbow got up on the stage with his guitar and performed two songs he wrote himself, accompanied by my tambourine. Lots of people clapped. When it was my turn, I entered the radio booth. I wanted the experience, the excitement of being behind that red light that said, On the Air. Shaking inside, I sat down at the table in front of the microphone. I didn't know how many people would be listening. They said it went all over the world. The moderator introduced me, and then there I was, standing on the edge of my own personal high dive. Reading my writing into the microphone was exhilarating. To share my thoughts and beliefs with the public is something I've been enjoying at the swap meets for two decades. There's something very sweet about opening up to lots of people, especially when they open up back. On the other side of that microphone was a whole new crowd, many times bigger than the number of people I was friends with at the swap meets and on the hate. When you counted that people might send the broadcast to other people and put it on the Internet, the potential outreach was staggering compared to what I was used to. I approached timidly this new, much larger arena. Arena, I would be on display before the world, my words not retractable. If I made a mistake and said something stupid, or if I said it the wrong way, it would always be out there, floating somewhere on the Internet in the archive of the radio show. Starting off easy, I read my Peace Drums poem that's been well received by a lot of people. It was still risky because it's what I call syrupy religious without the religion. The people at Mutiny Radio are very sophisticated and educated. Some of them are atheists, might be atheists. They know too much about the atrocities of religions to take somebody else's word about truth. Using the G word, God, 
might be a big turnoff to some of them. I read the poem and and one other, except for a light, slightly awkward intro. I refrained from trying to ad lib this time. Might as well try out the trapeze before trying to fly without a net. Leaving the radio booth, I didn't get much in the way of feedback. It seems that people inside the station don't listen much during the performances, either preparing their own or visiting and talking outside. I got more response reading my political and spiritual poetry outside to a group of longhairs as we all sat cross-legged on the sidewalk. I couldn't tell right away how the staff or the show's audience would respond, respond to what I'd read. But the following week, when I came back to read... They asked me to re- to broadcast my syrupy religious poem again. On the bus ride back, Rainbow again got suddenly excited out of the blue. From his urgent tone of voice, I thought it would be about something more immediate, like that he'd seen something amazing out the bus window. Instead, he said ardently, What am I in relation to the universe? In- infinitely small. I am love! Exclamation mark. And that's the end of that one. We'll see. That's that you have a Joan, that was great. Description. Thank you. Oh my goodness, Joan. <laughs> that was that was so fun. Reading about my history of religious dogma, I was brought up to be one of these fundamentalist oh, conservatives, no. a, a Tea Partier, and it oh, quickly, I quickly learned that life was exactly the opposite of it because they tried to do all those things to me, so I could not. Stop well, laughing at the irony of it. Well, my mother's Jewish, but I was brought up as she had uh, a non-observant. So I was, and my father is not old, old, old American for many generations. So I was brought up in the bosom of the Unitarians, and I can't think of a better place to be brought up than to be a free thinker, except you're brought up with the free thinkers, but the Unitarians, because there you're given the right to think yeah, freely, speak freely, and be freely. Yeah, that's a good church. Well, what a lot of people don't really know, though, so easy to find out is that Jesus did not teach those doctrines that they're teaching. Not at That's all. Exactly like, right. There's no place where he said people are born in sin, or he never mentioned Adam and Eve. And where it says hell, it turns out it's the trash dump outside of Jerusalem, Gehenna, or the land of the dead. And the translators put hell in all of these, which were you know different phrases and didn't mean that. And then they put that together with horrible prophecies in the Book of Revelation that talk about. Uh, you know, lakes of fire, and Paul that talks about eternal punishment, and they cobble that together to make people so afraid, you know, for all these 2,000 years, afraid, afraid of everything, afraid of themselves, afraid of each other, afraid of God, you know, afraid of the sublime, just because uh, these other people added things in there that are are really uh, a death force. They're so bad. You know, oh, and it was mostly Paul the Apostle that did this. It's very simple to track it down because everything, all his letters, you know, they're full of stuff Jesus didn't teach, and it's very nasty stuff. And, uh, of course, uh, his buddies wrote two of the Gospels and the Book of Acts, and so his thinking and his dogmas are in there, too. And Prop- so, Propaganda. Um, it is. It's, uh, the, it's called the Jesus... A bunch of look, uh, the people study this, and what they've done, they put, they've come out with a book which has in red the the words of Jesus that were the words of Jesus, maybe or, or in blue as the words that, you know, that were added later after Paul. So anyway, we love Joan. We'd love to see you. 
Do you ever consider coming up here? Oh, I want to. This is my home. I kind of got stuck down here for a while, and I, a, a nice room became available, and I thought I might as well stop here for a while and finish my project real quick. And I'm hoping to be back there in about five or six weeks. Um, and then I'll either stay there, try to find a place, or I'll come back here and then go back in the fall and try to find a place. I'm not sure. What's I up might to go you? for a camper van. Well, I have my plans <laughs> ahead. I'll be at the Rainbow Gathering probably that time. And that's the last oh, week of June and the first Georgia, week of July. Huh? That's my time to travel. That was the time you came for the first time when I was not there. But, Joan, it's so good to hear your voice. And here we are. And that was a really sweet tribute to Mutiny Radio. Oh, it was amazing. That was kind of and a trip, detail. actually, you know, to like have a story read to you about yourself and the environment. That that was that was weird. Well, let me interject. <laughs> but in the best kind of way, like it was it was perfect timing for you to call in too, because DJ Rubble and Dave here have been talking about uh, the hipstery of San Francisco and the the artist scene and. Um, and I know that's what your books are all all about, Peace Drums. And you have a website, too, peacedrums.org. I do. It's peacedrums.org. Dot org. Uh, yes, and, and, uh, and I appreciate that. And I want you to know I have a beautiful piece I wrote that you are in, you and Mona Lisa at that beautiful event that you guys put on, the, the Peace in the Park. Oh, Peace in the Park. I wrote about your costume and her costume and what you guys were doing and how amazing that event was. So I can read that whenever you want me to. All and right. I have more about Diamond Dave, too. I have about the great escape when he got out of the hospital. Oh, my. <laughs> and just, uh, the Diamond Dave's birthday I also wrote up. So I have quite a few pieces. Wow. As I call in, I can read each one. All right. Well, we'll definitely... Uh I, I look forward to all of that, whenever that may be. Is it a bit part of the Common Thread Collective or maybe Women's Magazine someday? Oh, and Joan, yes, I still go I to uh, Hippie Hill occasionally. Hate Voice at this time, as far as I know. You're publishing oh, the yeah, Hate, Hate Street Voice? Yeah, she told, she's putting my articles in there. I think she is. She told me she I am published. She put at least one in. I don't know. She may have put in more by now. All right. Well, yeah. as, that's, that's fitting because of all of your writing about the hate, Ashbury. And, yeah, Joan. Uh, hey, and Joan, I still go to Hippie Hill occasionally. And there oh. I met a friend of yours. I think it's a friend of yours is Caitlin. Do you know Caitlin? Oh, yes. Yes, I know Caitlin. She you came out here to visit me. We met dancing at the drum circle. And now Caitlin comes every week. Four other people. She's become a really good friend of mine. And she comes every week. She, didn't, she dropped out of college. She was going to Hampshire. But she decided she'd rather stay in town. And she's now my, uh, my uh, one of my caregivers, Caitlin. Oh. And... Uh, and uh, she comes every. She goes to Hippie every week. She brings. Uh, she brings this library of very good books, special books, and she sets up a tent called the. And it calls it the uh, the free library. And Caitlin oh. uh, and so Caitlin is there every week, each and every Sunday. And Sunday, okay, we met and we met on uh, New Year's Day, and when she set up yeah. the tent for the first time. Of course, well, I showed you came up to Hippie Hill to watch me dance, and that's where you met her. She uh, wanted to meet you. I brought her down to introduce her to you. Well, life goes on. Now she's she my caregiver on Wednesday. I'm, I'm old now. I'm 80 years old. I need to give her a care, a caregiver, and that'd be Caitlin. So it's amazing oh, all these connections so nice. take place. I'm so glad oh, yeah. I, I introduced you guys. 
she's a wonderful person. She's so smart. Tell, tell that she is, that you are, and the two of you exist in my mind, and that you met dancing together at the drum circle at Hippie Hill, and, and now you're both friends of mine. It's amazing about, we were just talking earlier when I did that, there are no accidents, everything's connected, and there's another, another living proof that there are no accidents, everything's connected, and now Caitlin is a good friend of mine, thanks to you. So life That's goes on. That's a good omen because today, this very day, I hooked up Art Kunkin with my girlfriend in Colorado, and she's going to come down here and be his caretaker. He's happy about it. Everybody's happy. And so the fact that that turned out so well tells me that maybe this will also turn out to be a great friendship and something that will help both of them. So I'm very happy to hear that. Well, hey, that's, uh, life goes on. You're, hey, uh, Joan, it makes my day to hear your voice. Uh, you're an amazing human being, and I hope to see you soon. Hey, Val? Yes. Yes. Thank we'll, you. We'll, we'll, call me anytime. All right, and we'll be here next week as well. As we're, each right, and every well, week we're still here. I'm going to try to call in every week. All right. Yeah. Well, it's one of those pieces. It's fantastic. Thank you for calling in and sharing uh, and for being a part of the Common Thread Collective. And we, uh, yeah, good luck with your with your publishing pursuits it sounds like it's a uh, picking up steam so it is, I thank you joan yeah, rivard picking up steam and joan definitely rivard. check out joan's website peacedrums.org a people's history that's what it is that's right it's the real the real deal that's your Kerouac. he wrote a people's history that time back in the 50s well this be 18 uh, this be who we are and, and it's good to see the people's history is still being written now, we have a bunch of people here waiting. Yeah, Marco, Marco's getting set up on stage. He's well, he's going to have a... And, and uh, Rob is here, here, and the library lady is here. and So let's uh, move on a bit. But anyway... The, the, but we have a, we still have a couple minutes while... How about while Marco gets set up? Because I know DJ Rebel here was like in midstream, like like going for it. So let's we've got a couple we more were, minutes. Um, I wasn't about to stop. I was going to ask you, Rebel. Uh, you, you have a connection now with... Uh, with uh, the, the folks over there at uh, Berkeley Liberation Radio, am I right? Yes. Now, definitely here last year, it was a big thing around the 50th anniversary summer of love. And I kept telling people that they'd be better off to do a protest concert. But just last, a few weeks ago, was the 49th anniversary of People's oh, Park. Park. I've, just, I've just reconnected with Berkeley Liberation Radio, where I've done radio for a long time that's how i know you okay go ahead right and a lot of the djs there the station itself doesn't take political positions it's anarchist based station that is rooted in the history of berkeley and activism and a lot of the members of the station are very concerned about this issue of People's Park from the event was a very good one slightly higher level than you were at four years ago good sound system a modest amount of people but it had enough of an impact that the next day in the Chronicle there was this big story about how the new plans by the Berkeley mayor and the new region to build student housing and allegedly homeless housing on that site was a slam dunk and nobody can argue with it. And I realized immediately that there's a small core of homeless and homeless activists arguing for it already. And there's likely to be a larger core of traditional 
Berkeleyites from that generation saying that this is that this park is a park for the homeless and the homeless need a park and that we're not going to let them rewrite history by saying we have to go for this now because they're allegedly putting 100 units of supporting how supportive housing on it that I believe they're not even going to put on it anyway. So yeah, what I want to get to you, what we hope to you is that you come back and again, when you come back, either bring some of them with you or give us a report of what's happening with People's Park. I know that this is not, that this has happened before. They thought that that'd be the end of People's Park. In fact, they had similar stories. They had a story this time about a mother who was supposedly free, free, feeding their kid on People's Park of today, feeding their kid methamphetamine. Well, they had this plan of, uh, of different... One go- rotten apple, you know, oh, right? Well, I mean, you can use any story hey. to, to, as a, as a lever to like you know you know try to crack open a, a, a right and what demonize the- a whole place i mean lots of terrible things happen in the world um and uh what they're highlighting is, a is alleged, allegedly a worker from uc berkeley working in the park got punched beaten up and robbed in there for a while ago and they put that in the paper allegedly synonymous with a massive increase in crime and a need to stop that but they you know there's no statistics to say there was any massive increase in crime it was just something that happened because you know any place that the homeless can congregate ends up being a you know a magnet for occasional crime but the the same crime could have been happened walking down the street on University Avenue at any time of the day right Right, right, and yeah, then so. and then to yeah, yeah, but just you, to to be able to use use things to to demonize a place or um, make justifications for building on really a historic site and also a green site, a green kind of belt there in in the city of Berkeley that otherwise has you know lots of buildings surrounding it. Now Berkeley does have you know a fair amount of trees and and green spaces, but in that particular area, it's surrounded by homes, university buildings and such and it's it's a big open space. So um which are, you know, at a premium these days. Right? Yeah, they had tried with tennis courts a few years ago. There's no tennis courts. It's it's ridiculous. It's the same as this gentrification in San Francisco where you try to delay and delay the developers of building until they finally cry uncle and say it's not worth it. And what I want to say before I go is this stuff about Mutiny Radio, you've come a long way since the days of Pirate Cat Radio and Monkey Man. I mean, that was... Uh, flash in the pan with its own benefits but when that went down including this monkey man running from us and the law you've turned this into something that's going in a different direction and extremely viable radio station and Dave is claiming that you have you can see documented that a lot of people are listening to this station. We do. We get um, we we run some uh, listener statistics every every month. Um, we base it on the number of downloads. Uh, so our our show. Uh, here, the Common Thread Collective, and we haven't gotten the April numbers, but in the month of March, we took a significant leap. Uh, we had 
almost 27,000 downloads in the month of March for just the Common Thread Collective. And for Women's Magazine, I had over 21,000 downloads in the month of March. So it's been elevating. It's been getting out there. Uh, one of our DJs put us on iTunes as a free podcast, which you know made it more easily accessible to lots of folks. Um, so that was part of it. But um, yeah, I mean, but we, we have definitely grown. I mean, uh, when I started with the common thread collective uh you know we had like a few hundred people and then sometimes like you know kind of a high few hundred people or something and that was you know a few years ago now and it just kind of has steadily grown and kind of gone ups and downs and occasionally you're like whoa what happened that month we just got a bunch but it just um yeah the most recently it's definitely been expanding and uh mutiny radio has um yeah, over 35 different shows. There's there's room, DJ Rubble, if you want to have a show at Mutiny Radio. Uh, we let people know they can email the director at mutinyradio.fm. And um, it's, a, you know, we're, we're very fortunate to be in this space. And uh, the more the merrier. All right, thanks. But keep it up because it's... You've got the access to the listeners. And what I like is you get the performers to hear, hear the politics and the activists to hear the R and you pull everything together here. And yours is highly important with the women's, you know, magazine magazine. because more and more things are coming up to the surface that have been shunted under the surface. So keep it up. True, true. And major credit to um, the reason I have the women's magazine with Global Val here at Mutiny Radio is because uh, it's kind of an outpost um, for me because... I've been doing Common Thread longer than I've done Women's Magazine. I got, it was a KPFA Women's Magazine. That's the that's the original, and they do it every after every Monday afternoon, one to two p.m. ninety four point one FM. Uh, they broadcast out of Berkeley, and occasionally, when I get enough time in my strange schedule of life to you know polish up an episode and edit it, and I'll send it over to them. So um, it's been it's been wonderful to collaborate with KPFA as well. Yeah, that's great. I've collaborated with them in the past around the um, abortion and women's health right issues, giving them audio, and they've done good work on that. So as far as the the West Coast Walk for Life and things like that, and they've done a good job with it. So that's a great show. If you're rooted in that one, then you got it on both sides of the bay. Right on, DJ Rebel. Appreciate the support and the insight and the hipstery available in the minds of DJ Rubble and Diamond Dave and Joan Rivard and all the cool folks who show up here at Mutiny Radio. And uh, I'm seeing some cool folks who are set up there on the stage out there. Mark, Marco. Hey, Marco. How you doing? Pretty good. How are you? Pretty good. I just want to test your... Uh, and who Hi. we got here? So we have Brandon. Hey, Brandon. On saxophone and Waters on backing vocals and percussion. Yeah, a little bit more. For, uh, wh- what's your name? Waters. Waters. Check the switch on that, would you please? Hello? Let's see. I hear some rummaging around of, of sound. So we're doing a live mic coming? check. Yeah, the guitar is cool, and your vocals are fine. Hello? What? Hold on, just, just Waters? Testing by microphone. I think I can hear it. Hello. (laughs) Yeah, yours is working. (laughs) And Marco's, yours is working. But 
I'm trying to get Waters is working. Come on, Waters, get it together. Let's see. Oh, no, it's it's just us. <laughs> but thanks to our friend out there for helping set that up. All right. Oh, did you put your Zoom on? Which one is she on? Oh, that's going to be cool. Let's see. This is, this is what we're rolling with at Mutiny Radio. Okay, two's down. Three's. Hmm. Do we have a solution? Oh, I hear, I hear it. He's, I hear it. That's that's Mike. Talking to it, would you? Instead of tapping. There we go. There we go. Mike four, the hidden microphone. Got it. Thanks for working this out, everybody. We're just having a little uh, pr- production um, debate here because I think you guys are ready out there. And I don't, I don't want to make you wait if you're ready. And we've got a sound check. All right. Rose. Marco. Rose, take it away? Yeah. Yeah, Rose, take it away. Thanks for working with us here. It's a flexible. Thanks, everybody, for being there in here. Is. Flexible. There we go. So yeah, we're going to do like a little medley on a bird song. So you want to be a rock and roll star. We're going to mess around with that for a little bit. We have Brandon on his horn. Waters is going to back me on backing vocals. I have a show at Madrone's June 1st. So I want to plug that. And after that, I'll do a couple original songs and just kind of mesh, make it happen and jam out. All right. So you want to be a rock and roll star, well listen up to what I say, just get an electric guitar, take some time and learn how to play. Who are waiting there to sell plasticware? 
And in a week or two, if you make the charts, the girls will tear you apart. The price you paid for the fortune and fame, was it all a strange game you're a little Paid in the public acclaim Don't forget what you are You're a rock and roll star fun jam i was uh right on you guys um the mic by the amp is was was not really coming through can you can we just check that microphone there right by the amp i just want to check give it give me a little more get a little strum on No. <laughs> you know what I'm hearing it? I'm hearing it come through three. So I'm sorry, the one with, the, yeah, that's the one I'm hearing. So maybe we could, because um, the saxophone's loud enough to kind of carry it, if we can angle the mic towards more towards the amp, and then I think it'll pick up the saxophone. Uh, I know it will, but uh, I want to make sure we get that guitar balance in there. I like that bird song, though. That's a good one. I like how... I like your musical influences, Marco, and and friends. It's only fairly recently that they came up from Arizona to make their fortune. I mean, fortune, not not the finger kind of fortune, the money, 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 but the fortune, the fortune, the real fortune of finding one another. And Marco, you're doing an amazing job. Yeah, and thank you for rolling your own out there. <laughs> Mutiny Radio is kind of a DIY kind of place. <laughs> so we got these two mics pointed in the right direction. All right, that's great. Thank you. Thanks for working with us so we'll on that. We'll take it away. This song is called Just So You Know. Okay. You getting it? Are they both live? Not anymore. <laughs> yeah, the amp. Yeah, that's the that's the one that works though. Okay. So All right, here we go. All right. One, two, three, four.
About you, tell, tell us about you guys, about yourselves. We've met you before, Marco. So I've been playing, I guess this is really our first time playing together, but Nuh-uh. we've kind of <laughs> been around each other for a minute. That's like but yeah, we're kind of working things out. We're jamming it out, laying it down in song form. Just right? I, I hope so. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> 
so what? So what? Boy, stole my baby. I love her still. I think I'm going crazy. But do I just keep it real? I never thought it was going anywhere, anyways. I get so It was the Goldilocks dream. The third time was the yeah, charm. I could, t- I could tell. I was, that's why I was like, you know what? Let's fucking let, let's lay it down slower and calmer. I'll get the same page. Well, the Smart. great thing about Smart. this is, is soft is touch. I thought that was nice. Week. 
So you've come, you've experienced. Ew, it was nice. It and what it is, and I'll come back next week or so and be really ready. Yeah, and we'll get it, and we'll do a, a. Yeah, June 1st at Madrone's Art Bar. Okay. Madrone's Art Bar, yeah. Um, okay. Hmm? In the, what time? Uh, 6 p.m. till I think like 9 or 10. And cool. then they have a DJ coming on. And the <laughs> DJ is going to just tear it away. <laughs> I love how there's going to be live music to start, and it's going to be. So, Marco, is this. So, your band, your original band is called Rose. Rose. Your, Rose SF. Is Rose, this, Rose is, is all of this, yeah. You, got, you are Rose. All the petals mm-hmm. of the rose. How cool. And the thorns as well. Oh, yeah, always. That's what it comes with. Well, thank you all. It's nice to meet you all, Waters and Brandon. And uh, it, I'm glad you all came down to the Common Thread Collective today. You're always welcome on a Friday afternoon. So come on down. We're here Fridays from 3 until almost 6 o'clock. It, it's about a little after 5.30 right now. So we are going to keep moving along, but uh, rock on. Thank you. Very cool. All right. So we're back in studio. We've got our friend Rob with no last name. And we have the library lady. And oh, we have about 10 minutes. So, um, so Allison, here we go. We talked about some poetry. We talked about what's happening there at the library and what's happening in your life. So give us a, a hint. Give us a little hint of what's going on. Okay. Well, a small hint would be um, I handed Val the flyer. I'll, I'll be putting it on the Mutiny Radio Common Thread Collective page and I'll share it on your page. Um, just a short announcement, there will be community meetings coming up at the library May 19th and 23rd to talk about renovations, what that would look like at our library, which okay. the building is 100 years old. Right. Um, people can go to an, a short article on Hoodline that talks about it, and I'll share that on um, the page also. And um, so, is the library going to close for a bit while the renovations are being done? What's going to happen? Well, have a see, view? that uh, will be part of what will be talked about. So, um, people can come to the meetings. If they can't come to the meetings, they can drop by the library anytime this month. Mission Branch Library, 24th and Bartlett, we're open every day. Phone number 415-355-2800. You can come and fill out a survey or talk to our managers, our children's manager or our second floor adult services manager to um, give your feedback and ask those types of questions or get more feed, more information after the meetings occur. So this is why I don't have lots of information at this time. But the article is good. I'll put that hood. I'll put a link to that article. It's on Hoodline, and um, thank you, Hoodline, that you um, covered that issue. And and then SFGate shared it, and. Um, so the meetings will be the information sessions. All right. And so the first meeting coming up is Saturday, May 19th at 1 p.m. And Wednesday, May 23rd at 6 p.m. at the Mission Branch Library. That's at 300 Bartlett Street uh, right there on 24th and Bartlett between Mission and Valencia. Thank you, Allison. 
You had some poetry. Do you, you have a poem you were going to read? I did. I, um, you know, I shared June Jordan last week, and then I remembered that she was part of that ecology um, celebration of poetry and um, nature together with Robert Hass, and it inspired me. Um, thank you to my a friend of mine who is a very original artist. He gave me the theme for my poem, It's the World. It's the world. Today, now, this moment. It's the air, the earth, our water. It's our earth to repair and respect until forever. It's the world. Thank you, my anonymous guitar playing friend. And I totally agree with him. It's the world. Right on. Thank you, library lady. And um, we're going to keep moving along um, over to our friend Rob here, who's been patiently waiting around to give us a song. Uh, this is an accident, a happy accident, but I think I have the perfect two songs to close out a common thread. The first song is, Dave, I'm going to dedicate this to you. This is called Hippie Man. Hippie Man, oh, Hippie Man, beatnik preacher. He's a hippie man. He gives you hippie love. He's got a hippie life. He's giving hippie hugs. He eats his hippie food, he's in a hippie mood, he walks a happy walk, he's talking a hippie talk, he wears his hippie clothes, he plays his hippie songs, he's gonna save the world with the power in his hippie bong, he don't get in your face, such a happy life, he's crashing on your couch, I think he likes your wife, you know he likes you too, I think his daughter does too, and that'd be good for you, cause she sure likes to screw, your wife is digging him, you don't know what to do, when she gets that goofy look, you know what she's ready for too. Three, four, I don't want to be a hippie, 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 no, no, I don't want to be a hippie, no, no, I don't want to be a hippie, no, no, I don't want to be a hippie, no, no, I don't want to wear patchouli, what the hell is patchouli, anything like a broccoli, I don't want to wear no broccoli, I just want to make you say no, no, I just want to make you say no, no, I just want to make you say no no while singing a song about a hippie i don't want to be 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 a hippie man okay I do. <laughs> when all the 
Jones and then we do. That's hilarious. And finally, to toss, uh, to close out the show, the perfect show to close, to end any show, this is called Toss Em. <clears throat> I'm ready to join the immortals with the greats. I'm ready to stand. I know ultimate audience love comes not from the heart, but the hand. You tossed jelly beans at the Beatles, at Foo Fighters did Mentos fly. Your panties you tossed at Tom Jones, I'm willing to give that a try. At the Blues Brothers you tossed uh, bottles, at Katy Perry it was chapstick cherry. At Justin Bieber, you tossed eggs. Let's try something a little less scary. At One Direction, you tossed tampons. Smash Mouth got loaves of bread. And that team from the Motor City gets octopuses tossed at their head. What'll it be for me, for this white-hot celebrity? One pop star got poop. Another one got pee. I think I know my choice. I've figured out what it should be. If you really must toss your love, then toss your cookies at me. Everyone toss your cookies right at me. If your love must rain down, then all the roadies agree. Just toss your cookies at me. It's the perfect recipe To show me how you admire My shining superiority Just toss your cookies at me Everyone toss your cookies right at me And I'll know that I finally made it If you testify intestinally Just toss your cookies at me I mean, all your cookies right on me. I will go for a swim in your cookies like a fish in a porcelain sea. Just toss your cookies at me. Won't that be beautiful to see? And doesn't this world just scream? For a cookie-tossing party. Make them vegan. Of course. Maple sweetened. No refined sugar. With blueberries. Almonds. Cherries, uh, chia seeds, then wrap them right up in those panties and toss your cookies at me. That is an amazing wind-up. That was an amazing wind-up. Thank you, Rob, with no last name. 
We appreciate your presence. That was some fun stuff to end the song, the, the end the show with. Um, it's been a great. Thank you so much. We love you too. This has been the Common Thread Collective. Another fine Friday. It was actually a really great show. So thanks everybody for coming down and being a part of it. And come back, come back, come back next week. We'll be doing it again. I'll be continuing my Global Vowels election season coverage next Friday on Women's Magazine and as part of the Common Thread Collective. There was so much that going on today that we didn't get to all the topics. So we should have been uh, mentioned a little bit, but so it goes. Um, you so know, Kila- Kilauea is is erupting. Um, uh, the Hunters Point uh, has been, you know, Tetra Tech has been exposed as uh, botching their radioactivity testing uh, in the shores of San Francisco. And... Um, the president wants to pull out of the Iran deal. So there's a lot going on. Go look into it and enjoy that kind of news in a different setting. But this is the Common Thread Collective where it's kind of a timeless uh, but on the pulse of things show. I want to read you a quick poem and then we got to go. Here we go. White hairs come through, but they don't want to stay. They appear in a flash of white lightning streaking across my head amid the rolling hills of brown and amber, and then they fall, loosen themselves from their faulty roots that never meant to keep them there. Peace, y'all. We love you. Uh, May the life force always be with you, and uh, thanks for doing all the good that you're doing out in the world. Thank you, Diamond Dave. And uh, here we be at Mutiny, radio.fm, May 11th, 2018. Fuck yeah. We love you. Peace. Here's some more music from Bicicletas for La Paz. And stay tuned because the comedy, uh, I always say this wrong, the happy hour comedy hour, happy hour open mic is next here at Mutiny Radio. So stay tuned. Thanks, everybody. Peace. Thanks also to Joy Rosenberg for some of the music we played for her earlier. But here's Bicicletas por la Paz. My diet power blender makes me smoothies in the morn. My diet power blender keeps my body tampon. My diet power blender makes me smoothies in the morn. My diet power blender keeps my body tampon. Surely our bikes go to heaven With all of the angels laid upon a manger Ain't no cause for worry, see There's a place in heaven for of the eating Cause the Garden of Eden is a place we will be eating An unlimited supply of spokes Woo! Where the folks are really nice and they'll treat you right And provide you with a limited loop oh. And you'll never break your chain again no. Oh no, you'll never need your chain again Oh no, you'll never break your chain again No Cause you're in laughter In the hereafter People Need positive affirmation And baby You're the light Of my world Oh baby Mama, mama You like come from Drama, drama You're my girl Cause I wanna take you to the
next to you You work my body hard Now you're on my no side I was contentious on a couple of occasions Why not confronted with the trials of the headwinds You never let me down even for a second Now you're in heaven, you've achieved martyrdom Showing you my negativity Oh, oh, oh All these little mental labyrinths All these little mental spirals That I try to hide from you Thank you for your sweet time Thank you for your precious life Thank you for your candid mind been the common thread collective we want to thank our underwriters organic valley family of farms and dr bronner's and uh, if you want to donate to the common thread collective you can do it tax deductibly it's on our website or on our facebook page common thread collective it's pinned to the top um it would be great so that we can keep doing what we're doing make this available as a platform for you and all your good crew so uh again thanks for tuning in and coming up next is the happy hour open mic for now here's a little bit of a an old podcast from one of our shows here many many shows here at mutiny radio and uh, the comedy open mic will be happening in just about 10 minutes. So here we go. See you next week. And they herded us around like a wild herd of cattle. Was that the vigilante men? Have you seen that vigilante man? Have you seen that vigilante man? I've heard his name all over the land.